0: Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Okay, big, big Tuesday show, big Tuesday show, a lot going on, a lot going on. Um, Everything from Ron DeSantis in the news to, of course, Joe Biden in the documents to the hypocrisy of the left, to gun control in Illinois. There's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. Where do I start? <clears throat> Let's see, where do I start? Maybe I should do a poll. Maybe I should do a poll at the beginning of every show or, or the show before, asking what should be my opening topic. Because you don't want to, what do they say in journalism? Bury the lead, right? You don't want to bury the lead. Sometimes I feel like I bury the lead a little bit, but you know, this is an ongoing thing, right? We do this show five nights a week. We're on many, many hours a week. So we can just talk. Do we really have to start with the thing everyone else is talking about all the time? What is everyone else talking? That's the thing also. It's like what's really amazing is that what I've noticed from like the legacy media is that they really latch onto one thing. They latch on to one thing and they can't let it go, and it's almost as though they have trouble covering anything else. And that'll be, you know, it all depends on how how big of a story the news directors think it is. So it can be a couple of days, it could be weeks, it could be months. Where they just they hound on one major thing, and they really can't talk about everything. And there's so many things going on on a daily basis. It's not just one big thing. There are a lot of things happening. A lot of things. I guess I can. I could really sum it up by, we need to look at the Constitution, right? We look at all these different subjects, all these things that are happening in the media now, whether it's the document thing with with Biden, the Twitter files, whether it's gun control, whether it's COVIDians, whether it's forced immunization, it all really comes down. It all comes down to our Constitution. And something that's been bothering me lately is I see a lot of people – who are constitutionalists, people on the right mostly, uh, which is a shame, but people on the right mostly saying people on the left, Democrats should read the Constitution. The left should read the Constitution. Now, I, I think the left, most people on the left have read the Constitution. If they haven't gone through the whole thing, they certainly know what it says. They know the big ones, right? They know freedom of speech. They know freedom of, you know, to carry guns, to own guns. They they know all that stuff. Um, You know, freedom against, uh, uh, you know, uh, unlawful search and seizure. They know all these things. So I was thinking the other day, you know, it's not that the left hasn't read the Constitution. It's not that they don't know the Constitution. It's that these days. And, it, you know, what I say these days because I can't stand the left anymore. Maybe it was always this way. And I was maybe I was blind and now I can see. But the left knows the Constitution. They know what's in there, but they hate what's in there. They hate what's written there and they would like to change it and not just change a word here and there. They would like to change it drastically. They would like to put caveats. First, we can go through the whole Constitution. I won't bore you with that. but We can go through the top two. Right. The top – the first and the second one are the ones that have been violated the most, and which is a, which is very bizarre because they obviously the two most important because the founding fathers said, okay, this is going to be one. This is going to be two. So it was the top two things. Think about that. Of all the amendments, of all the things the founding fathers wrote about in the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, the first two things that were on their minds were freedom of speech in the press and freedom to own guns. That was the top two things on their mind, which means – You know, when you get together with a group of friends and you brainstorm, maybe you've written a screenplay, maybe you've done something where you've gotten together with a group of people and written something, a proposal, whatever it may be, maybe belong to a group, a political group, right? And you get together and you list them, your most important things your organization is going to do. You know, the first two, three, four things, almost everyone's thinking about, right? The first few things, almost everyone thinks about and they say, oh, here you go, Right, right away they know, right? Right away everyone says the same things. Right, this, these are the most important two or three things, and then we can start hashing out the other stuff. So that's the same thing with the Constitution. It probably took them no time to come up with the first two. Right, they were all thinking the same things. Oh, it's got to be speech, press, and guns. It's got to be speech, press, and guns. Let's do. Maybe the only thing they, maybe the only thing they 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 discussed was which should be one, which should be two, but they knew it should be the top two. And so they went with speech and press with one and guns with two, right? That's what they were, speech and press, freedom to say what you want, freedom to write what you want, and also freedom to defend yourself with a firearm. And that was on the top of their minds and probably all came out very quickly at the beginning of the session. And yet those are the two amendments we see violated the most these days, the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. And so it's not like what what liberal, what Democrat, has doesn't know what the First and Second Amendments say. Now, yes, I know there have been arguments over the Second Amendment and the wording of a well-regulated militia and if that means just a military. But then when you look at that, and believe me, in my old days of, of brainwashing before I um, got out of the cult, the left-wing cult, the cult of Bernie, and so on and so forth. I I actually was able to justify that a well-regulated militia meant the military only, but that's not what it meant. When you go back to when the founding fathers were writing this, the militia was the people. That was the people back then, the militia. So a well-regulated people, meaning that it's not a free-for-all, Okay, you're allowed to make laws. You're allowed to make rules. You can't just shoot people indiscriminately. Okay, so when you say well-regulated. It basically means organized and there are definitely rules. Government can set rules, right? A government can say you can't come in. A business owner can say you can't come in with a gun. A, a, A city government can say you can't bring guns into the city hall, into a federal building. You can't bring guns onto an airplane. And those are all laws that most people, almost everyone, even the NRA has been totally fine with because you can regulate it. But the right to bear arms, the right to bear arms. okay, no infringement from the government in the right to bear arms for self-protection. The self-protection, we can look at it a few different ways. Self-protection from criminals, of which I'm sure they were thinking of crime back then, but God knows they would never think it was as bad as it is now. Um, So freedom to defend yourself from self-harm, from bodily harm, right? Also, the freedom to defend yourself. I think this is even more at the forefront, if you read the Second Amendment, what they were thinking. And, of course, if you go back to the Times, was from an authoritarian government, an authoritarian government. Back then, it was, what was the British, right? It was Great Britain. But an authoritarian government taking your rights away from you, right? An authoritarian government taking your rights away from you. An authoritarian government may be trying to, like, lock you in your apartment when there's a flu. Lock you in when there's a flu. Take away all your guns so you have no recourse. They can do whatever they want to you. They can do whatever they want to your body and mind. This was the groundwork. This was the base work for what the Second Amendment was all about. The people being able to have the power, not having the power taken away from them by the people they elect to office, by the government, by the military, whatever it may be. Not having an authoritarian government rule over them. And the guns would be a deterrent to that. In other words, the founding fathers didn't believe the government should have all the weapons and the people have no weapons. The government should have all of the guns and the bombs and the people should have nothing. That's not what they wanted. Okay? In fact, they wanted very much the opposite of that. So this was the basis of the Second Amendment. So when Joe Biden, that old demented fool, that half century, Of lying hypocrite he is goes on stage during Martin Luther King Day of all days and does what he always does, which is use any kind of any kind of event for his own political purposes and to disparage other people. And he says, "Well, you need more than gun. You need more than AR-15s, Jack. If you can defend yourself from the government these days, you need more than AR-15s, Jack." You need drones. You know, well, maybe maybe we should be allowed to have drones now because the founding fathers never envisioned a government that could drone its own people. So Joe Biden was actually admitting that the U.S. government can drone its own people if they want. So does Joe Biden, that old demented fool, think that the founding fathers wanted that? They wanted a government that could drone their own people if they felt the people were out of line, maybe not taking a vaccine, maybe not doing as they're told, maybe not wearing a mask. Or whatever it may be, protesting something the government doesn't want protested. Is that what Joe Biden? See, Joe Biden actually admitted that the government can drone the people. So, because the government has advanced weapons now, they didn't have 250 years ago. The Second Amendment doesn't apply anymore. This is how dense and how what a fucking idiot this guy is. That's what the Founding Fathers were saying, that once the government got more and more advanced politically, once the government got more and more advanced and had more and more money and had bigger and bigger military and more advanced weapons, the Second Amendment becomes obsolete? No, no. The Founding Fathers would have wanted the opposite. The the government had muskets, the people had muskets, right? So the Founding Fathers would say, if you have any kind of fucking uncommon sense, is to say, well, if the government has drones, the people can have drones. But this moron actually admits, actually actually says exactly why, exactly the exact reason, he admits the exact reason the founding fathers put the Second Amendment in there, so that people can defend themselves over an out-of-control authoritarian government with, with weapons. But what Joe Biden was saying is because the government has gotten so advanced, because we have such advanced weapons now in the military and so powerful, that... The Second Amendment doesn't really apply anymore. How are you going to defend? Hey, Jack, you can't defend yourself from us. Therefore, you don't deserve to be able to defend yourself. That's what Joe Biden was saying. He doesn't know he was saying that because he's an idiot. But someone whispered in his ear because Joe Biden's never had an idea in his life. Never had a real idea. All he does is make up stories. He lives in fantasy land. So someone said to him, yes, say something like, uh, oh, look how silly it is thinking you can defend yourself. With AR-15s and all this from from the government nowadays, make that. And of course, he was talking to other fellow moronic liberals. He was talking to Democrats who like seals would like clap when he thought. Uh, 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 uh. So it was an easy audience, obviously. But the founding fathers were basically joking about Joe Biden when they wrote the Second Amendment. They're thinking about a, a fucking idiot like this who thinks the government, because they're so powerful can dominate the people. And because the government can dominate the people, what's the point of having guns? What's the point of having weapons? What's the point of being able to defend yourself? What's the point of the Second Amendment? Because he hates the Second Amendment. Because the left authoritarians hate the Second Amendment. Because it gives the people the power. Not his shriveled up old 80-year-old ass. The people. Doesn't like that. Doesn't want that. That's the part they don't say out loud. That's the part they don't say out loud. But the only way he can get his old you-know-what erect is by seeing how powerful he is and how powerful his government is and how they can squash the people if they want. That's what gets him excited. That's what makes him able to perform. <clears throat> I know, it's not a great visual image. Sorry about that about putting that imagery in your head. But the founding fathers were thinking about an authoritarian like him. A president who's so demented is not in the right state of mind to run the country. Who says, we're so powerful. What Basically, what he was saying is, we're so powerful now, what's your Second Amendment going to do for you? That's what he was saying. That's how insane the left has become. That's how utterly insane the left has become. But once again, they won't say the words exactly as I'm saying them because they know that most people, once they say those words, will drop them like a hot potato. They hate the Constitution. They don't like what's in the Constitution. They don't agree with it. They don't want it. They want to drastically change it. They want to make the Second Amendment to be the gun. The government has the right to have the guns and the people have to be silent and submissive. That's what they want the Second Amendment to say. Because your government loves you and will take care of you, and that's it. And that, that's the Second Amendment. The right for the government and the military, the police to have guns, the authorities, the authoritarians to have guns, not the people. That's what the liberals want the Second Amendment to say. Just like they want the First Amendment to say that they have the right to say what they want. They have the right to free speech. And if you say something that disagrees that they disagree with, you're a domestic terrorist. You're a white supremacist. You're a crazy Trumper. You're a, you're a, a anti-vaxxer. You're a conspiracy theorist. They want the First Amendment to say that anything that the left doesn't say, you know, everything that the people who disagree with the left say is terrorism, is violent speech, should not be covered by the First Amendment. That's what they want the First Amendment to say. Not that everyone has... Free speech. Everyone has free speech and freedom of the press across the board, no matter what your political ideas are, no matter what your politics are, you no matter if you're, if, you're, if you're part of a party or not part of a party. No unfettered, no government interference in free speech at all. That's not what they, they don't like that because it's a level playing field. As I just said with the Second Amendment, they don't want a level playing field. That's not what they want. They want it their way. When they say it, it's free speech. When you say it, it's violent speech, and it should be stopped and censored and canceled. Once again, they can't come out and say that. Because then people will say, whoa, whoa, whoa. But they don't have to actually say it. Everyone should be saying, whoa, 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 because that's exactly what they're doing. That's what they want. They don't like the Constitution. Because it levels the playing field. And the liberal elites, the authoritarians, don't want a level playing field. They want the power, which is exactly why we have the Constitution, which is exactly what the founding fathers were thinking. Let's put something in place that will stop these kinds of people from taking over. That's why these people don't like it. Help, search the seizure. They don't like that one either. Because when a president they don't like has documents, they want to be able to go right into his fucking house and turn it upside down. But when their president does it, it's not a big deal, you see. When their president does it, you have to go through the proper channels. No, no, but they set the rules, baby. I've said many times I don't believe in this thing with the documents. Presidents, vice presidents deal with a lot of documents. They leave office quickly. It's very hectic. It's not a big deal. They've all done it. But the Democrats set the standard in August. We're playing by the Democrats' rules now. These are the Democrats' rules. A president, a vice president, a president, a vice president is caught with documents to invade their house. That's their rule. So where's the invasion of Delaware? Where's the invasion of his house? Why aren't they turning things upside down, telling his aides to go inside, telling his aides and the people who live there to go away? They can't watch. Where is that? Once again, these are the rules the Democrats set back in August. Not rules I want to play by, not rules I believe in, but they set the rules. So now you got to play by those rules. You set the rules of the game. You can't change the rules because you're beginning to lose the game. You want to play Monopoly a different way? There's always that person, right? that wants to play Monopoly a different way than everyone else? Okay, we'll set your rules, but then we can't change it back when you're losing. Not the way it works, baby. Not the way it works, bubbler. These are the Democrats rules that they set this past summer was different before then. But now this is their rule. This is their rule. You're caught with these classified documents. You get raided. You caught with these classified documents. It goes to a grand jury to see if they want to indict you. Those are the rules. Let's go. Once again, it's their fault. It's their fault because they always step in a pile of shit. They've always been stepping in piles of shit. And so they stepped in a pile of shit and now they got to deal with it. Because now it's happened to them. This is what we talk about when we say, oh, people who said, oh, no, just get the vaccine. Just get the vaccine. you know." And people know that my rights are being, you know, or Twitter censorship. Oh, fuck you. Who cares? Well, but when it happens to them, then what? When they're the ones that are censored, then what? When they're the ones that are forced to get a a procedure they don't want, then what? Such as abortion. When they're forced to have a child, then what? That's the same kind of control, is it not? You must get a medical procedure. You must not get a medical procedure. You must get this vaccine. You cannot get an abortion. You must have the child. Don't they shudder when you when they when you say that to them? See, but when the shoes on the other foot then it's a totally different game to them. They don't play by their rules anymore. They don't play by their rules of my body, my choice. My body, my choice works. That game works when it's in their favor. When the ball's in their court. Otherwise they don't want to play by that rule anymore. When it came to abortions, my body, my choice, when it comes to vaccines, we say what you we do. You do what we say you do your body, our choice. They say abortions, my body, my choice. Vaccine is your body, our choice. That's the game. See, they wanted to change the game because they weren't winning. So they want to change everything in midstream. But these are the rules they set. They set the rules for these documents. They set the rules for bodily autonomy. They set those rules. But then when the table's are turned, they don't like the rules anymore. Just like they hate the First Amendment, they hate the Second Amendment, they hate the entire Constitution. There's probably not one part of it they really like. There's probably not one amendment they really truly believe in. Simply because they are there, to level the playing field, to make the country more fair, to take the power, to put the power more of the control of the people and away from the government and the authorities. And the left doesn't like that. They have, they have a, this fascist, authoritarian, Nazi streak. And people like to bring up McCarthyism, right? They go, what about McCarthyism? You're a commie. Well, McCarthy was a leftist. Does anyone know that? That McCarthy's politics now would be like Bernie Sanders? Does anyone know that? Does anyone have the fucking brains to look into that? He was a lefty and he was authoritarian. What a shock. People like to think because he went after communists in Hollywood that he was a Republican right winger. He was not a right winger. His politics were very much left. Just like the left believes now. They want to label you a white supremacist. They want to label you a domestic terrorist. They want to label you, just like McCarthy, wants to label people in Hollywood commies. They want to label you. And not just label you. They want to punish you for those labels. They want to cancel you. Just like McCarthy wanted those people in Hollywood who were commies, canceled, blacklisted, and they were. These people want you blacklisted. Blackballed from work, from social media, from the from everything. It's the same mindset. Would you like to go into Hitler's politics? Do you think Hitler's politics were the politics of, of Ronald Reagan? Do you think Hitler's politics were the politics of, name your favorite or least favorite right-wing politician? No, not at all. Not at all. Almost every tin-pot authoritarian dictator was a lefty. And you get the most of it out of socialism and communism. You get the most of this, as we're seeing now in China. This authoritarian streak, the streak where the government wins all the time. The government controls what you do. The government, what what was that show in the 50s, Daddy Knows Best? Well, they believe in government knows best. Government knows best, and you do what government says. So if the government says you can't say this, you can't say it. If the government says you can't have this gun, you can't have that gun. And we'll get more into how dumb they are, how these people, the ones who want to get rid of guns the most, know the least about guns, by the way, if you haven't noticed that. And we'll get to Geraldo Rivera in a little bit. First, I'll
1: Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good. Yeah, it's kind of a more than ironic, wasn't it, that the um, that Biden was essentially making the argument for us to have um, better guns, um, more weapons. Um, it's it's obvious that the founders didn't want, or, or, or at least supposed and assumed that the government would always have the military advantage over any um, small group of people, but they wanted to give Americans. The, a way out if their government did start getting tyrannical and and that way out was if a sufficient number of people banded together with the weapons that they had then they could reimpose a constitutional government if tyranny ever um, came to be um so so biden right now is is basically saying up, oh, uh the the uh the the this um balance of power is is lopsided so you guys just give up mm, that, that shouldn't be the uh response of any constitution loving uh, American whether they're on on the right left or, or independent they should um be saying, yeah we need to balance this out more especially nowadays um in the twenty first century we have ways that the government can impose tyranny that the founding fathers obviously never thought of. You and I in our childhood never even would have thought about them. Um, And and that is the uh, electronic means by which all our wealth, all our wealth is stored these days. Um, My entire wealth, because I don't own a home, for example, is wrapped up in my bank account. And it is, my intention is, is, at least at this point, is, is to not own, own a home again. I want to keep mobile in um, in my retirement years. But that, that really, it, it frightens me, given the last three years, um, to be in that economic situation. And I often think about maybe I should buy someplace somewhere just in case, so that my uh, wealth is in something tangible, rather than ones and zeros, in a bunch of servers someplace. And the more zeros, the better, by the way, um, <laughs> the, um, the government could come along at any point um, if, they, if they wanted to and turn all my ones and zeros into nothing but zeros and, and at some point. And that is an enormous amount of power. And, and we need to have some way to fight that as well, not just fight in the um, which we call the bullet space. But we need to be able to fight in the digital space as well against the tyrannical government. And we are seeing that those initial volleys of, of tyranny launched in that digital space um, as being reported in the uh, Twitter files and how they have clamped down um, on our freedom of speech.
0: Well, yes, of course, we're seeing it over and over again in the Twitter files about clamping down freedom of speech and this whole idea also of you know, another thing I bought into when I was of the brainwashed left was that the founding fathers back then, you, you hear this all the time from gun control activists, right? We had muskets back then. Look at that. It took you 20 minutes. You had to push your thing in and pull the thing back. And now you have AK-47s. You can kill 20 people in two seconds.
1: Well, Yeah, but that's this, what the
0: government had, too, of course. Right, but this is assuming that the founding yeah. fathers were so dumb, okay, so dense that they wouldn't believe governments would be caught the guns. Would become more advanced 200 years later. Do you think these people were that dumb that they didn't foresee? No, they sure. saw everything. They didn't, I'm not saying they knew exactly what was going to be, but they knew that people weren't going to be using muskets in the year 2020. They knew that.
1: Okay. Of course. They didn't
0: put, One of the most They, they didn't they put a Wait a minute, Daniel. They didn't put a caveat that said if, if uh, this should happen, where these guns should become more advanced, and they could shoot more quickly. They didn't put that in there. They didn't put any caveat in there. They didn't do that. They didn't say this amendment's only good until 1940. They didn't say that. Then it must be. They didn't say that. They knew. Of course they
1: did. Of course they, <laughs> they didn't. And of course. Of course they didn't. And but, and and even if they had, I mean, of course they didn't. Of course there were people. Some of the founding fathers were smart enough to. Benjamin Franklin was a prolific inventor. Um, there was, there was, uh, the founding fathers were smart enough to know that there was going to be lots of technological advances, um, if, and if they would have envisioned more some of these technological advances, then they probably would have written the Constitution a little different. They wouldn't have banned us from having weapons. They would have given us even more rights to keep up with the government. Exactly, a hundred percent, government- Daniel.
0: Exactly. And that's why I'm saying that this Biden that Biden's speech, that ridiculous statement where what are you gonna do? You can't come here. We're too powerful now. That's exactly why they wrote the fucking thing. This idiot doesn't know that. This demented fool doesn't understand. That's why they wrote it. And like you said, they would say, Okay, the government had muskets in seventeen fifty. The people have muskets. Okay, in the year twenty twenty three, if the government's gonna have drones, then the people can have drones. You think they so basically Basically, what's happened is it was much more even and fair when this First Amendment was written, because the people had the same kind of weaponry as the government. And that, of course, changed, right? As the years went by, the government became more and more and more powerful, more and more technologically advanced than the people. And the gap has gone has gone longer and longer and longer and longer. That's not what the founding fathers wanted.
1: Of course. They wanted the opposite of that, yeah. And when and when i was a democrat just a few short years ago um for so so long i would find myself making um arguments about against second amendment just as kind of a Uh, piss people off on the right and saying, well, do you think everybody should have nuclear weapons if the government has nuclear weapons? And obviously the answer to that is no. And obviously the framing framing fathers would have thought the same thing because what they wanted, what they envisioned which is obvious, should be obvious to everyone that is if the government got out of control and sufficient number of people recognized this They could rise up and do something about it. They didn't want any one individual to be able to overthrow the government. They wanted a failsafe in case it ever got so bad for the mass for masses of people that the people could reinstitute a constitutional government. So so this argument that maybe we should all have uh, stealth fighters and, and nuclear weapons. no. But we should have the sufficient weaponry that if our government ever gets to a point where it is imposing tyranny, that we do have a failsafe.
0: Uh, I would make the argument. I'd make the argument, Daniel, that the founding fathers would not have wanted any government to have nuclear weapons. They will not want any government to be able to have those kinds of weapons.
1: And Especially, that's the yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're right. But this technology has snuck up on us and has conditioned people to say, okay. That advance is okay. Okay, that next advance is okay. I think if the if this is what you're saying, I would agree. If the founding fathers knew that such thing as a nuclear weapon would be possible, they would have been horrified by it, and they would have been spending a lot more time at that constitutional convention trying to figure out what to deal with that, how to deal with that.
0: Yeah, you know, but the, but the but the fact of the matter is, this is the same thing, and I'll, I'll get into uh, you know the idea of. People who say, "Well, just take this particular kind of weapon away." Well, that's the slippery slope we went through with COVID, right? Where it's just, just wear this mask for a week, just close yeah. this, just close your businesses in 15 days, just keep your kids out of school for the month of March, and yeah, you see and are, Once you give them it, a little bit, they take more and more, and that's the whole thing. It doesn't end. It's the, so there we go. We have we we know this. This is like common sense. We know this. If you give the government a little bit, they're going to want to take more and more and more. But we have a recent history over the last three years of them doing just that, on many different fronts. So this whole idea of oh no no it's just just the just the AK thing just the, just the, just the semi-automatic weapons just those everything else is fine we know that's bullshit because they'll come for other kinds of guns
1: when they can. Yep, AR-15 a- a- days to flatten the curve and give us your AR-15s and we'll flatten your curve. Well, exactly.
0: So you can't give them and you can't give them anything. You can't, because once you give into that, once you give them that satisfaction, they'll say, "Okay, now we'll wait a little while longer and then we'll go after the next thing we want to go after. You have to stop them. Right. You have to stop them at that. You have to stop them at step one and say you can't have anything. You can't have any guns. Look, I don't like those those weapons. I I don't. You know, um, you know, I have a friend. Um, a mutual friend, won't say who it is, who, you know, who, you know, was in the military and has these weapons and has them for a hobby or he goes to ranges and stuff. And I, you know, I, 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 I saw the, the, the bullets that come out of them. I'm like, holy shit. You know, one of these bullets obviously will kill anybody. And it's like, I don't like those, but I can't give the government anything because I know what they'll do if you give them anything. We've just seen. Since March of 2020, what they'll do if you give them an inch, they will take a six inches, then they'll take a foot, then they'll take a yard, and then they'll take everything. And we know we can't give them that. So the fact of the matter is, if you really – talked about this before. If you really want to crack down on the wrong people – now, I should say that this mutual friend of ours is a very sane person. Who's who's advanced military knowledge and knows how to use these things and is not going to go around doing anything harmful with them and that's the oh, overwhelming 99.9 percent of the people. If you want to stop that 0.1 percent of nut jobs, who get these things, you have to work on mental health issues. Okay, you have to work on making those people not nuts because if they're not nuts, they're probably not going to buy those weapons and do bad things with them. You need to help with depression. We need to put much more money into mental health in this country much more money into getting at people when they're young, before they develop into those sociopaths or psychopaths. That's what we need to do. Other countries have been able to do this. Look, these weapons are available in some other countries, but they don't have the kinds of violence we have. And these kinds of weapons have been available here for a long time, but it's just recently. It's just recently. We've had the Second Amendment here forever. We've had these weapons here for decades. But it's just recently we're seeing this go crazy with mass shootings and young people. And that's because there's another issue going on. It's not the availability of these things; they've always been available. It's the mental health portion of this program that we don't talk about enough. That we don't put enough money and effort into. Mental health is everything. It's everything.
1: I would agree. Um, what I would like to see, I'd like to see more discussion here, elsewhere in our society in general, about what we do about this new space of potential combat. And that's the digital space and how we as uh, American people and the world in general, wherever they have may have their own constitutions to defend, um, how do we defend our constitution in this new space of operations, um, which is going to be uh, more and more, um, have more and more power over our lives. We need to develop to people do our own set of weapons in that space, because in that space, bullets aren't going to do much good at all. Well, there's no,
0: there's no. Look, it's no mystery that a lot of this uh, violence has gone up. Not just with, not with assault weapons, but all kinds of violence have gone up since the internet has taken over our brains, since cell phones have taken over our beings. Yeah. A lot of young people nowadays, they're they're so into. I don't got to tell you this. You know this. They're so into themselves, their own minds. And what's the saying? An idle mind is the devil's workplace. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that's 110% true. An idle mind is the devil's workplace. You start thinking about a lot of things you don't normally think about when you're doing things. So the fact of the matter is we have young people now who are so into their own heads. They're into their own heads on their phones. They're into their own heads on their computers, on their video games. They're into their own heads. They put their headset on. They listen to music. But even though they're listening to music, they are in their own heads. They're thinking about things. And that's the problem. And often they start thinking about how miserable their lives are because they have no friends and they don't do anything. And obviously that's part of their own doing. But it's part of the doing of the culture. It's part yes, of the of the culture. And so what happens with a person like that, with a kid like that who's 14, 15 years old and has grown up basically his whole life being in his own head or her own head? We know men are, are, are inherently – the stats tell us boys are more violent. They, they'll, they'll take out their violence in these ways. Of, of shootings more than girls will but the fact of the matter is they're in their own heads and let's say they finally meet someone let's say they finally meet a girl and that girl just as happens in life especially when you're 15 16 doesn't like the boy or drops the boy after six months we often see those boys act out in violence we just see we just saw it recently where some guy was it's a basketball player and his friend who just shot this girl because the girl wouldn't talk to them wouldn't talk to his friend. I mean, so it's like it's they get in their own heads. Their whole life is growing up is in their own heads. They have no friends. They don't get out there. They don't do the normal things. They don't play in the streets. They don't play sports. They don't take advantage of activities. They don't meet a lot of people. They don't have any social circles. And then when something happens where they finally do have some kind of outside contact, doesn't go well. They can't handle it mentally. This is a this is a not even a psychiatrist, and I know this. This. We, we have such a mental health problem in this country, this current generation that's growing up now, just who have never known anything but cell phones and computers and laptops and the Internet and social media. We're going to have such a big problem with them. We're having a, we're going to have a huge problem with them. I mean, oh, okay. I, don't I, totally how, how people, I don't know how these people are going to run things.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, one of the. Um... Um, Like I say, there's reciprocity everywhere in the universe. um, With the um, modern technology that we have had um, that has developed over the last few hundred years has come a decreasing struggle against nature, and we spend more and more times in our heads, as you said, and less and less time struggling to stay alive. And that struggle was which gave our life, at least through evolution, um, all our evolution gave our life the meaning that it had. And that struggle was important in maintaining our this homeostatic mechanisms that we have in our brain, this homeostasis of meaning. And when you rob people of meaning and you keep them entirely in their own heads like that, um, the world becomes a very bizarre place to those people, and then they translate that bizarreness over into interactions with other human beings. Just as you're saying, that can sometimes spill over in, in manners of violence or other things. And um, males, as you said, can be can act out um, more physically violent in this new digital world. Um, I would would not um, put it past. I, I would I would not. I would not, uh, um, I would not assume that men would be the violent ones in the digital world, as violent as women. Women, women are very good, um, at developing uh, or, or doing uh, character assassination, or exceptionally good at it. And that's kind of a, uh, um, it's kind of a, um, a skill, a good skill set to have in the, uh, world of the internet. Um, so. When it comes to this digital world in, in which these new battles will be fought, um, it won't just be um, men and young men um, that are going to be acting out violently because they have lost meaning through loss of struggle. It's going to be women, too, and um, maybe even more frequently.
0: Yeah, uh, and, I, you know, I mentioned I was, I was going to talk about how the people on the left, the ones who uh, are the ones who want to take away everyone's guns, Uh, The ones who know the least about guns, and it was on. I believe Fox has a show. Fox News has a a show called The Five, and uh, and one of the people they rotate people, and one of the people on the Five is Geraldo Rivera, and who's probably one of the most left wing people on Fox News. Um, and uh, Greg Gutfeld asked him. He said, "What is the when you say AR fifteen should be banned? What does the AR stand for?" And Geraldo Rivera said, oh, it stands for automatic rifle, of course. And uh, Greg Guffer said, no, it doesn't. Uh, it stands for Armalite, Armalite rifle. And that's after the original designing company. It does that's not course. stand for assault rifle or assault. It's, it's nothing to do with that. But they, he's, once again, here's a liberal who wants to get rid of all semi-automatic weapons and doesn't even know what the AR and AR-15 stands for. They, have, they know nothing about the gun. They know nothing about the manufacturing of the gun. They know nothing about what the gun is intended for. Nothing. And they'll say things like, Gerardo Vero will say things, the same thing as Joe Biden, that these guns have no business being in society. Well, but they do. They have no business being used to kill people. But any gun has no business being used to kill people. It's it's so stupid. You can kill people with any gun. And so the fact of the matter is to say something like these AR-15s, have no reason to be in society, in civilization, is totally idiotic. It's totally idiotic because people have used it for hunting. They use it to go to shooting ranges. They use it as a hobby gun. There is actual reasons for these guns to be in society, for people to have them. They are not to be used to kill people. Any gun is
1: not to be used to kill people. A knife is no, not I, to be I just, used
0: to kill I people. Agree.
1: Yeah, I just agree with that. These guns are to be used to kill people, but the government and the Second Amendment g- gave us that right. They didn't give us the right to kill people, but they did give us a means, a fail-safe means, if our government ever imposed a tyranny upon us, that we had a way to restore a, a last-ditch way to restore constitutionality. Well, they yeah, did you give, make, yes. They yes are, you make a, a very massive. good point. You
0: make a very good point. That they these automatic rifles be, would be yeah. much more adva- advantageous against yeah. a, an authoritarian government. They military. are meant to they're kill then, people. Than a, a pistola. <laughs> Than a the pistola. Obviously, you know that about right. it. You know that about it. But look, but they're not – look, they're, they're, I'm the manufacturer of a gun. I'm making this, obviously, I'm mostly making it to go into the military, right, for weaponry in the military. That's where I'm going to get most of my money from. The government, right? The government buying these weapons from me. So what the founding fathers would say is if the government – can buy those weapons and use them. The people should be able to buy the weapons and use them. Just as the government could buy muskets, as many as they want, the people should have been able to buy and were able to buy muskets. That's the whole fucking point. Now, remember, yeah. this, this AR-15, 1962. It's been around since 1962, Daniel. 62, okay? Yet, we're only seeing these used, eh, over the last couple of decades mostly, especially the last 10 years in these mass shootings, but people could have used them in 63 and 65 and 70 and 72 and 78, but they didn't because of mental health. And what we've been talking about on the show for the last half hour, where times of changing where young people are just simply there's more mental illness and, and the problem will bring in big pharma of, of medicating these kids, right? Big pharma giving these kids medications, which makes them a hundred times worse, not better. Over-medicating people is another issue that we don't talk about enough that wasn't the case 60 years ago, 70 years ago. So all of this adds up to – you see, this is the whole thing. It's a kaleidoscopic issue, right? It's a multi-pronged labyrinthian issue. But the left doesn't want it to be that. The left thinks, truly thinks, because they have no uncommon sense as usual, you take away Armalite ar fifteen and gun crime and gun violence goes down. However, we have studies showing when there was the assault rifles ban, there was no difference in the amount of mass shootings before the ban, during the ban, or after the ban. There's no statistical difference. So it did nothing. It did nothing. To how many years it was, 15 years in effect, it did nothing. So once again, but the left doesn't care about comment, about real real answers or real, they don't care. They don't want real answers. They just want feel-good virtue
1: signaling answers. That's what they, they want. want. Yeah, and they want they want idealism. And idealism is dangerous because any real thinking person with any degree of wisdom um, understands this thing that they harp on over and over and over again, which is there's reciprocity everywhere in this universe. And they're, these ideal... Um, societies that they may envision in their in their minds simply aren't possible because of these reciprocities, and they need to understand. This is what a mature um, person understands: is that you gotta you gotta take some good with the bad and some bad with the good at all points, at all points. And and yes, it's awful that there are people that are out there that are mentally ill, that may be sociopaths, that um, pick up weapons and they go kill people in, in large numbers. That is awful. But it is equally awful to think that our, that we can all be, I mean, we've seen it over the last three years, what can happen when a government gets out of control forcing and coercing us to wear masks on our face to be locked down in our homes and to take drugs? And medications that we do not want to put in our body, that we at this point we still have a functioning Supreme Court, and we still have some functioning constitutionality that is protect, that protected us. And they would have, if they could, have come into our homes and injected us with these vaccines against our will. We, I don't think anyone that has that has, you know, put their jobs. Their livelihoods on the line to resist uh, vaccination with this shittiest vaccine ever, um, c- could not could not envision that 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 exact thing could have happened. That it could easily have happened. That you would have had someone show up, six guys on your doorstep with the needle and saying, "It's time you can resist. You right. right. can make it. work, make it tougher on yourself, buddy." Um, right. And if we didn't have this Constitution, and if and if we didn't have that Second Amendment, that slow that that point could be reached so much more easily. So there's a balance. There's always a balance. There is no ideal ever, and that is the thing that that the left and the naivety of the left, and, and this is and this is obviously why the young start out as left leaning because they haven't had the experience. To understand all the reciprocal relationships that go on in a world in which we ultimately have to fight to survive. So, fight against survive to fight, or we have to fight against nature to survive, and we have to fight against one another at times to survive as well. And they don't understand, they've, they've lived their lives under the protection of their parents for 20 years, and then they go out in the world and they think that that is the way the world functions. And it's not. And it takes us all time to learn. That um, there is uh, nasty reciprocities in this world that have to be balanced, and and that's what mature thinkers that's that's what wise that's where wisdom ultimately comes from. In my opinion, is understanding that there's reciprocity that needs to be balanced, and knowing how to strike that balance at any given point in time in a, in a way that helps the greatest number of people or protects them from moral hazard, etc. Right,
0: right, and we have that that bloated asshole. Uh... Uh, Pritzker in Illinois, you know, um, uh, championing, you know, the assault weapons ban, a state assault weapons ban, as though these are the kinds of weapons that are used in 99% of the shootings in inner city Chicago. Like, this is going to do anything to stop all these shootings. And that's where most of the crime comes from. In his his state, most of the crime comes from Chicago. Most of this crime comes from the South Side. Most of the crime comes from inner city Chicago. Where it's mostly 90% black on black crime. And those weapons are not, the, a, the Armor Light AR 15 are not used in most of those. Regular guns, regular guns are used in those weapons. So once again, we, we, we see this all the time where the states and the cities, usually the blue ones, where they have the most crime, the most gun laws, is where they have the most crime, gun crime. Which, of course, if you have a fucking brain, no, not a brain, if you had a sliver of a brain, a third of a brain, you would say, okay. Cities with the most gun laws, most crime. Gun laws don't work. But they can't – once again, their brain doesn't think that way. Their brain thinks keep doing these feel-good, virtue-signaling things even though they don't work. That's how their brain works. Keep doing these good, virtue-signaling things even though they don't work. And, of course, when you look at the Republican-run cities and states where they have zero crime laws, there's the least amount of violent crime, gun crime. So they don't they, – once again, when you present the facts to the left, They melt. And in fact, Pritzker even said today when someone wanted to, you know, uh, oppose this assault weapons ban, he said, oh, those people are a white supremacists. Those people are domestic terrorists. Those people are, are tinfoil hat wearers. That's all, that's all the left has. All they have are these derogatory slogans and sayings because they can't debate the real issues because they're on the wrong, losing side of every issue. So if you're on the wrong, losing side of every issue, you have two things you can do. You could say, I'm on the long, losing, losing side of every issue. I Give me mercy. I'm an idiot. Or you can deflect. And, of course, they choose the latter to deflect. And that's what we've seen. That's what we're seeing. That's all they can do is throw ad hominem attacks because they cannot deal with the actual facts. They cannot deal with, with reality. They well, cannot deal with reality. It's,
1: I think it's, it's immaturity. It's not that, that 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 they can't deal with facts. I don't think. I mean, that could be part of it. I don't think it's not that they can't deal with reality. But although that could be part of it. I think it, a lot of it is, is simply immaturity, and that is this balancing of 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 things that need to be done in in, in the real world. There's an interesting thing. You, you know, you know, I'm not religious. Uh, I'm not a theist. You know that. Um, but there's something that I've always found very interesting about people that are brought up in a um, theological environment. Um, They are taught very early on that man, and man being men and women, that humankind is basically evil, or at least has the potential for being very evil. That is a sobering thing to teach people at a young age because then they realize at a young age that there are things to be balanced in this world. They can look around and they can see the good, but if they understand that beneath it all is this potential for evil, then they innately understand that there are things that need to be balanced in this world and that there is never going to be an ideal world. And they and they accept that, and they accept the struggle, and they are happier. because. Well, but there's also – to- uh,
0: yes, but there's also – a taking up on the idea of immaturity there's also an immaturity in not being able to say look the first amendment stands for freedom of speech freedom of the press unfettered so sometimes there's going to be speech and press that i don't agree with right the second amendment once again the right to bear arms free society to protect yourself from whether it's you know uh, the, the the you know the guy who wants to rob your store or the government that wants to take over your 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 existence whatever it may be sometimes things are going to happen where I'm not going to like that idea. Think, but, but as a mature person, I say, you know what? The idea isn't that these amendments always make me feel good, right? Or these amendments always fall on my side of things. The fact is that they're there to protect all of us. They're there, and at some point in our lives, they will. And that's what we have to deal with. We can't always like the speech. We can't exactly. always like the fact that the guy has this kind of a gun. Someone has this kind of a gun. But exactly. This is the problem with the the left these days, um, is that they want control. They want control. They want to say, in other words, they want to say, we've seen this over and over again. You wear that mask. I'm telling you, you get that vaccine. I'm telling you, you can't buy that gun. I'm telling you, you can't say that on Twitter. I'm telling you, they want control. Total control because they're too immature like children when they don't get their way.
1: Well, they want total control because they don't see themselves as making mistakes and exercising that control. And that's where the dangerous idealism and the immaturity and um, it, it, that's where the danger of this idealism and immaturity lies, because they are going to make mistakes and they're going to make mistakes that they can't anticipate, especially it will be guaranteed that they will make mistakes if they live in a world where they think ideal, their ideal world is even possible. Right. Do you think the black, do you think the people on the right wanted
0: the Black Panthers to have guns? In other words, do you think people on the right feel comfortable <laughs> in those days, in the 70s and 80s, with the Black Panthers, 60s and 70s, with the Black Panthers having guns? Of course not. But they never said their right to own guns should be taken away from them. They never said that group didn't have the right to own guns. What they said is, let's watch that group. If they do something illegal, we'll get them. But they never said that group should not have guns. But would you have people on the left saying, no, 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 Carl Rittenhouse shouldn't be allowed to have a gun. This person shouldn't be allowed to have a gun. This white guy shouldn't be allowed to have a gun. These Republicans in Mississippi shouldn't be allowed to have these guns. That's what they truly believe. You see, that's the problem. That's the hypocrisy of the left. Yes, the right felt very uncomfortable with, with – uh, this is why they you – know, would tell people on the left like to tell that joke where they go, oh, you know, let's have the black people start buying guns and all of a sudden the, the NRA will be against guns. But that's not the truth because there have been many times through society, just like the Black Panther time – when black militias had guns, they would stand there. We've all seen the photos and videos, those of us who weren't around back then, of the, of the Black Panther standing there with these, with these you know, assault rifles, okay? Yet they had the right to do that. No one was saying that they don't have Second Amendment rights. No one was saying their guns should be stripped away from them if they got them legally. No one was saying that, because you have to have some kind of consistency, and that's not always gonna make you feel comfortable. The Black Panthers having guns certainly did not make a lot of people especially on the right feel comfortable, but they never once said that we should ban those guns because those people have them. So the left is actually full of shit. The right would not want any kind of gun control if, if uh, all of a sudden black people are buying guns. What are you talking about? Black people, have, of, black people have tons of guns. Look at the, look at the inner cities. They have, they have the, the, A lot of black kids – I've seen photos of, of 15-year-old black kids holding guns on Instagram. In Chicago, they all have fucking guns. So I don't know what the left is talking about. But no one's saying that if someone's of age and they buy a gun legally, they shouldn't be able to do that because they're on the left or because they're black. But the left wing is so hypocritical that if anything makes them feel uncomfortable, they don't they don't want you to be able to do they don't want to be able they don't want you to do what makes them feel uncomfortable. Whether it's having a gun, whether it's not wearing a mask, whether it's not getting a vaccine. Whether it it may be any of those things, they don't want you to do it because they don't want to do it. It's gotta yeah, be their you way.
1: Started, you started at the show, um, I wanna make this last part, point, then Go I'll, then I'll yeah. and, but you started at the show talking about the constitution. Um and um the left's um seeming, seeming, seemingly not caring about it anymore. Um, which you know, and 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 that's that's troubling. Because that, that Constitution uh, was put in place and we were given these rights under the Articles um, simply because our the Founding Fathers and any mature, sufficiently mature human being understands that there, there is no ideal solution for us to ever work toward. Um, we we hope that we make our lives better and we have for, for, for our children in and, and, and coming generations. We hope that happens. But we understand that there's never an ideal solution and there's always gonna be struggle. And because there's always gonna be struggle, rights are gonna need to be balanced. The left has in their mind this immature notion that there is that it's actually possible for us to ever come to, as a society and as a human collective human collective groups of human beings, to ever come to some point at which there is no struggle between us anymore. That is immature thinking. There will always be struggle, yes. and at the root at the root of their of of their notions of out, of outlived. Uh, articles within our constitution or or, uh, uh, or articles of our constitution that are no longer useful is this notion that they think that it is possible to obtain some idealized society in which we will not, an ideal society, in which we will no longer need those rights. That is bullshit. That is never going to happen we are human beings. <laughs> we all we 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 have biological similarities that make us want many of the same things, which is good. But at the same time, it makes us compete for the same thing, which is can be very bad at times. Yes. Absolutely. So I'm going to yeah.
0: sign off with that. Good, D- Daniel. Thanks. I appreciate the call. I appreciate the call. An immaturity right now from the left is a huge immaturity. Like I said, maybe it was always there. I didn't see it when I was part of them. But I see it now. It's just incredible immature to say, you know what? And like I said, it's a childlike immaturity, you know, which is like, I, 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 if you have this, you know, like two children, right? With a brother and a sister. If she has it, I want it. And if I can't have it, she can't have it. And this is all this really childish thing where they take tantrums of where you must do things that you're their way. You must march in lockstep with what they want, what makes them feel safe and comfortable, right? That's what it comes down to. Right, You can't have that gun. I don't feel safe and comfortable. You must wear that mask because if you don't, I don't feel safe and comfortable. You got to get the vaccine because I don't feel safe and comfortable being around you if you don't have it. It's this over and over and over again. Oh, Remember, even you must shut down your business. I don't feel safe and comfortable. I don't know how stupid they are. I don't feel safe and comfortable if your business is open. Instead of me just not going into your fucking business, if I don't feel comfortable being out there. Oh, I don't feel safe and comfortable you having indoor dining. Well, then don't go to the fucking restaurant or just eat outdoors, numbnuts. This is what I'm talking about. It makes me so angry because this is such an immaturity and a selfishness. And yet they were the ones who called us selfish for three years. For three fucking years, they called us selfish when they're the selfish ones. Because so they couldn't have it their way, you couldn't have it either. Too bad. There are a couple of things I want to. Uh, I actually didn't expect to spend the first hour talking about guns, but it's been in, it's been in the news. It's starting now. The usual crazy, wacky left wing states are doing the assault weapons ban, which will do nothing. We know it'll do nothing. Follow the follow the stats; it'll do nothing to curb crime. Be it inner city crime or mass murders. So, um, but it'll make them feel good so they can virtue signal. Uh, this is more, I guess, on the, on, the, on the wacky left. This is out of OutKick, Clay Travis's OutKick. Uh, Ian Miller wrote this story. Um, Ian Miller, who wrote the great book, Unmasked. I had him on this podcast a long time ago before I was on call. I should have him back on again and he can take your calls. He wrote the book, Unmasked, which is available on Amazon. Um, this story came out today. Steven Spielberg was so scared of COVID, he thought he'd have to retire. Oh, God. I'm Fine, I don't want to laugh. I like Steve. Legendary film director Steven Spielberg recently revealed he was so terrified of COVID-19 that he thought he'd have to retire. Spielberg told the hilarious revelation to celebrity host Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett of the Less Smart Less podcast. According to Mediate, he told them that he was unjustifiably afraid of the virus. He was terrified this was an end of days, an epic level event. And I mean the extinction level event that was happening to the world. I think Steve's made one too many movies. As a result, he thought he'd only make one more movie, which became The Fablemans. Apparently, Spielberg told his family that the semi autobiographical movie would be exactly the one he'd want to leave behind. Well, he made a great movie. My second best movie of the year, by the way. If there was one thing I want to leave behind, if I got a chance to make one more movie, that would be, what would the movie be? Without even blinking, it was going to be that story. Unsurprisingly, the reason for his ridiculously overblown fears and nonsensical sensationalism was none other than Dr. Tony Fauci. I was riveted to the Fauci reports. I was riveted at the time to what all the anchors were saying on the different news outlets and all the experts that were coming out and the denial from that White House that this wasn't so bad. It was just like a passing flu epidemic, Spielberg explained. I really thought that between the denial and between the battle between politics and science, that we were not heading in a good direction. And that was not going to end well for many of us. And just got me thinking about, you know, telling a story that had been on my mind. He also believed his fear was justified because the U.S. had lost 250,000 people to COVID when he started writing the story. Honestly, the story is just sad. It's sad that one of the country's greatest directors is reduced to believing misinformation because his political ideology required it. It's sad that so many people shared his delusional, fantastic, fatalistic view of the pandemic. Spielberg was 73 when it hit, placing him in a higher-risk category. But that doesn't explain thinking it represented an extinction-level extinction event, especially considering he lived through multiple pandemics in his lifetime before COVID. There was a pandemic in 57, 58 when he was 11 and 12 years old. There was another one in 68. What was the difference with COVID? Unnecessary fear-mongering from quote-unquote experts the prevalence of social media, an obsession with counting every possible infection, and misattribution of deaths with COVID to those from COVID. If he really thought COVID was an extinction-level event, why would he even think he could make a final movie? Not to mention the fact that he wanted to make the Feldmans as his final project. Remember, movies aren't made in two weeks. Uh, It's depressing that Spielberg's movie, so timid and hypocritical, it's depressing that Spielberg became so timid and hypocritical after decades of being an inventive, Risk-taking director. That's true. Just recently, he apologized for making Jaws and increasing people's fears of sharks. Like most Hollywood celebrities, the hypocritical lectures people about their that hypocritically lectures people about their climate footprint while burning over a hundred thousand in fuel in just a few months on his private jet. It's also ironic that he claimed politics interfered with science when that's exactly what Fauci did. He let political considerations get in the way of accurately informing the public about science. For years, people have inaccurately believed mass work in defiance of scientific evidence. They believed a much higher percentage of people would die or suffer severe consequences as a result of getting COVID, all because Fauci let his political beliefs affect actual science. Spielberg is the perfect example of Hollywood's disconnect with the rest of the country. Many moved on while while their political ideology remained terrified. Hopefully he's recovered enough from his unbelievable hyperbolic fear to continue making movies. So this is more. And we saw this, right? We saw this. Bill Maher had covered this like two years ago when it was like Democrats, overwhelming amount of Democrats thought that half the people who got COVID ended up dead. I mean, they, they were just told. And all of this comes from CNN, MSNBC, the legacy media, ABC, CBS, NPR, right? PBS the legacy media. That's where they got it from. Where else did they get it from? They didn't pull out of their asses. They got it from the legacy media. And of course, going on social media and only seeing half the story because the other half of us were banned and censored and canceled. So they didn't get the full story. They didn't get the full story. They didn't get the anti-Fauci. They didn't get, in other words, you could see Dr. Fauci and then see Dr. Fauci, and then see Dr. Fauci, and then see Dr. Fauci, and then see Dr. Fauci. You couldn't see Dr. Fauci and then see Jay Bhattacharya, see Dr. Fauci again, then see Marty McCary, see Dr. Fauci again, and then see Peter McCullough. You didn't see those other people. And he mentions that. All he mentions is Fauci. Does he mention any other fucking doctor? He mentions Fauci, so he's the only fucking doctor in the country of 330 million people. How many doctors are in this country? I don't know. How many millions of doctors? He only mentions Fauci. He doesn't even say his own doctor. Although we know in California, Gavin Newsom has made a law, and the FACACTA legislature here has made a law which is being challenged, which says your doctor must say exactly what Gavin Newsom says they must say. Speaking about creeping fascism from the left and authoritarianism. So this is why he was, this is why, look, Look at this. There's no doubt in my mind. You can hate Hollywood all you want. I hate Hollywood. Steven Spielberg is one of the most brilliant people in the world. He's a brilliant filmmaker. He's a brilliant man. He's not a dumb man. I've heard him speak about other things. He's not dumb. Yet he thought this. So if he thought this, think about most people who don't have his IQ. Think of what they were thinking. It's all because of the also, behind all this is Big Pharma and all their money, right? Big Pharma and all their money to push this as the, as to push this as the world will end without our vaccines, right? Think about that. He said that. He said an apocalyptic thing, like a disaster movie, right? End of days. Well, that all comes from Big Pharma. That all comes from the lobbyists at Big Pharma and the money they have putting into commercials and ads and brainwashing people into believing it was that. And you got to get the vaccine to prevent that. And we know nothing about the vaccine, nothing about anything else these assholes did change the trajectory of this virus one iota. One iota. That the result would have been at worst the same and most likely much better. In fact, I'll say much better, obviously, because of all the other consequences from lockdowns and stuff, if they had just sat on their hands. So this is, it's once again, if Spielberg was fooled, and he was fooled, he kind of admits he was fooled, not as much as Tim Robbins, who totally admits he was fooled. But if it's going to if it's going to fool Tim Robbins and it's going to fool Steven Spielberg, it's going to fool Joe Blow Citizen. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And that's what happened. And now we'll see him from the Twitter file how it's turned. Right, Daniel? How? Well, look. A lot of this comes from, and once again, we have to blame Fauci, we got to blame the media, we got to blame big pharma, we got to blame the billions and billions of dollars that was put into this propaganda campaign, but a lot of it also is older people, right, old white men especially, old white men afraid of their existence, their existence ending, like Steven Spielberg, like Howard Stern, like... Uh, Neil Young, all these people who are very intelligent and were once supposedly counterculture figures buying into this shit because they were simply afraid of dying. Now, people could say, well, Mike, that's a legitimate thing to be afraid of. No, not really. No, not in this case and not in any case. You don't stop living your life and become an authoritarian because you're afraid of dying. You'd be you better off to die. They were afraid of their own existence. They were afraid of going on ventilators. Now, that was a lot of that, of course, was promoted as Spielberg defines from the media. He said it. He said Fauci and TV. That's what he said. He said Fauci and the media. Now, does I, I hope Stephen realizes they were lying? I hope, I hope Stephen realizes that that it wasn't a, 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 a it, it wasn't a one hundredth as bad as they said it was going to be. And they were lying about all these things. It wasn't a mistake, it wasn't a legit error. They were lying, purposely, to make money and to have power over others. So we can laugh at Stephen in a way I'd like to, but it just really proves that if it happened to him, it could happen to anybody, and it did happen to anybody. It happened to almost everybody. It happened to almost everybody. And, of course, Trump derangement syndrome, he admits that, right? He says the White House at the time in 2020, so Trump. In other words, what he's basically admitting is if Trump was not in the White House, if it was another Republican or certainly if it was a Democrat, it wouldn't have probably been been as bad, right? He wouldn't have been as brainwashed, but he had Trump derangement syndrome, just like everyone, almost everyone in Hollywood does, which made this whole situation even worse, made the whole situation even worse. But also this, it really shows how these fears were so, I use of a better word, inconsistent. I guess I could say inconsistent because like Ian Miller said, you have this fear that it's the end of you, right? It's the end of humankind. Yet you say, okay, now I'm going to start making a new movie. <laughs> if something's the end of the world, if a nuclear bomb explodes, You're not going to have time to make a fucking movie. If a real plague hits, you're not going to have six months to a year to make a fucking movie. So you see how unfounded these fears were, how inconsistent they were, mentally speaking, psychologically speaking? It was so ridiculous. There was no cohesiveness to them. There was no rhyme or reason to any of it because that's what unfounded fears are, right? This is what unfounded fears are. If a true apocalypse is hitting, the people you're watching on TV are going to be dead in a couple of weeks. (laughs) You're not going to be able to make a fucking movie. So it was all so ridiculous, wasn't it? And it would be easy to laugh if it didn't hurt so many people. If it didn't hurt so many people, it would be easier to laugh at this. But it hurt so many people. It destroyed so many lives. It destroyed so many businesses. It left so many cities like San Francisco that were already teetering on the edge into the total shithole category. That's what happened. So it's not something I don't think we can laugh about and probably never will be able to laugh about it. Another issue on OutKick, this is a big OutKick day written up by Alejandro Avila today, is something that I have mixed feelings about But I wanted to talk about it because, once again, this is all about, once again, control and choice and how 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 I would have seen this story differently before COVID. I would have seen the story differently when I was a Bernie supporter and a, a Philadelphia Flyers. That's hockey. For those of you not into sports ball, as someone listening calls it, a Philadelphia Flyers player has been bashed for refusing to wear LGBT, LGBT themed jersey now. Just to give you a rundown, if you're not into sports, what, what most uh, pro sports teams have done over the last, I'd say, decade is they've had LGBT nights, and it's just a general thing where they everyone's welcome, and the player, and they, they make, you know, the baseball, they might make the, the, the ice, they might make the ice rainbow-colored, you know, and the players will wear, like, usually like a rainbow jersey kind of thing and skate around, or baseball players will wear a rainbow jersey outfits rainbow jersey socks that kind of thing for one day and they'll say welcome lgbtq blah blah blah. it's not a big deal really um and that's that and believe me because it's sports it's more like to sell tickets than anything else everything's about money it's not really about equality but they do it but what happened was the philadelphia flyers are having this lgbt themed jersey night in celebration of pride night and of course hockey baseball will do it in june but hockey's not in June, so they have to do it now. Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov decided not to wear the rib... Okay, there was a ribbon. Uh, a ribbon. Uh, like an L- it was. They were just wearing, like, LGBTQ ribbons. I guess it was rainbow-colored ribbons. <clears throat> so now he's getting pummeled for his decision. Ahead of Tuesday night's game between the Flyers and Ducks, reports surfaced that Provorov refused to participate in the warm-up skate due to the team's commitment to wearing LGBT-themed jerseys in celebration of Pride Night. Provorov was the only Flyers player that didn't participate. <laughs> While most fans don't give a rip about sexuality during a hockey game, the media certainly did its best to make it solely about Pride Night. After the Flyers beat the Ducks, Philly coach John Tortorella addressed Provorov's absence during warm-ups. He supported his player in taking a stance according to his religious beliefs. With Provi, he's being true to himself and his religion. This has to do with his belief in his religion. That's one thing I respect about Provi. He's always true to himself, Tortorella said. Um, Provo discussed the decision after the game. I respect everybody and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. Evidently, he's Russian and he has a Russian Orthodox faith. Then the Flyers released this, you know, this gen- generic statement. Yeah, we are committed to inclusivity, proud to support the LGBT community, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, of course, he's getting a lot of shit on social media for not wearing the jersey. Now, Before, in fact, some people, of course, on the left have gone totally insane, bat crap, crazy, insane, saying things like he shouldn't he shouldn't play one more game as a flyer. Uh, If the if the organization truly believes in the importance of inclusivity, inclusivity, they should get rid of him. They should dump him. So all all these nutty things, these extreme nutty things that his career should end because he wouldn't participate in an LGBTQ rainbow jersey pregame skate. So. Here is what I would have said probably four years ago. I would have said the guy's an asshole, that he's an idiot. He should wear the fucking thing and just be done with it. And it's his it's his the Flyers are his boss. And if the boss says wear the fucking jersey, you got to wear the jersey. But then COVID hit, right? And the boss was saying, you got to get the vaccine or you can't work here. And of course, I knew that was total bullshit. So now I've changed my stance on this. I don't think because the boss says you must do this that you have to do it. Just like with the COVID shots, you could say, no, I have medical freedom, or my religion says I can't take it, and I totally supported that. So I would be a hypocrite if I said I didn't support this guy because he's saying it's his religion. Now, people say, what's his religion, to hate gays? Probably not just like the catholic church is probably like hate the sin not the sinners we don't believe in homosexuality so i'm not going to i'm not going to promote it by wearing the shirt i'm a hypocrite he's thinking i don't i don't want to promote sexuality homosexuality because my religion doesn't believe in homosexuality but so i don't want to be a hypocrite and wear this knowing what i believe i understand that that mindset that thinking but my take is simply this the boss does not have the right to say you must wear this because we're paying you I don't believe that to be true now because I'd be a hypocrite if I said that when I when I was against the vaccine mandates. If I'm against a vaccine mandate, I got, I got, I think I got to be against, you know, wearing the pride jersey mandate. Now, some people would say, Mike, come on, Mike, come on. Getting the vaccine is a big deal, right? We People didn't know. People thought it might harm them, which it does. It's a medical procedure. This is just a fucking jersey. It doesn't go inside his bloodstream. He can take the jersey off after and throw it away if he wants. What's the big deal? Well, okay. What's the big deal? But to him, it's a big deal. To me, it's not a big deal. I'm guessing there are a lot of other religious players who to them, it's not a big deal. They'll wear the jersey. He didn't want to. And I have to defend him. I have to defend him. He has the right not to wear the jersey. He has that right. Look, just like if they said where look, if I was if I was on a hockey team, and hey, hey, they might do this soon, and they said you had to wear the Ukrainian flag colours, I'd say, I'm not gonna wear the Ukrainian flag colours. First of all, I'm not Ukrainian, and I don't I don't believe in that war. I don't believe I'm not taking a side here. I'm not gonna take a side and wear a Ukrainian jersey. And i have that right. I'm surprised they haven't done that. Have they done that yet? It's coming, I'm sure. Or someone who's Russian like him. I'm sure he wouldn't want to wear the Ukrainian jersey and would have a right to say, no, I'm Russian. That's probably why they haven't done that in hockey, because there are a lot of Russian players. So half of them wouldn't wear the jersey. It would look bad. But the same thing. I would say, no, your boss says you got to wear a Ukrainian flag jersey. Fuck you. No, I don't. No, I don't. You don't own my body. You don't own my choices. You don't own my soul. You don't own my mind. You don't own my beliefs. Here's the thing. His job is to play hockey. His job to his boss is to play hockey at the highest level possible. That's his job. And that's his only thing he owns, he owes his employer. And that's with any other position. Right? Through all these mandates, your job, if you were a pilot, is to fly that plane as safely as possible. Not to get the vaccine. No. Your job in the military is to defend this country, not to get the vaccine. No. That's what you owe your employer, to do the job they're paying you for the best possible way at the highest level. They have a right to get rid of you if you don't do that. Because that's what you're getting paid for. That's what you're getting, that's what you're employed to do. Not to get a vaccine, not to wear a jersey, not to be a clown. That's not what your job is. That's not what you signed up for. That's not what your contract says. So I'm actually glad Tortorella defended him on this. But of course, he's getting absolutely destroyed by the nutty left. The nutty left, who, as I've been saying for the last hour and a half of this show wants you to do what they want you to do they want you to do what they do they want to control you they want to control you and here's the this asshole ryan quigley whoever this is this is how idiotic his statement is that he shouldn't they should they should get rid of him if they believe in inclusivity so they should exclude him believing in in inclusivity Does that make any fucking sense? But this is the liberal brain. The liberal brain makes no sense. There is no uncommon sense in the liberal brain. By saying the organization should dump him is not showing they're inclusive. They're excluding him. That's the whole definition of exclusion. Inclusivity is saying we include people who think differently than we do. That's the part of inclusivity. The people who will wear the jersey, the people who won't wear the jersey, they're all welcome here. That is inclusivity. It's not like most of the team wasn't going to wear it anyway. Yes, let's, let's show how inclusive we are by excluding him, by excluding his beliefs and his religion and his choice. You go, Dan, you said the name, right, in the name of inclusivity, we must exclude. Exactly, in the name of inclusivity, we must exclude. Inclusivity means, once again, getting to this theme of this show tonight, accepting people in that do not agree with you. Accepting people in that do not agree with your sexuality, with your religion, with your belief system. And being okay with that. That's part, that's what's truly inclusivity. It doesn't make you comfortable. It doesn't make you comfortable but you're including them anyway. But the left doesn't know this. The left cancels people who don't agree with them. They dump friends. We've, we've we've heard this story over and over again. I'm one of the people who are a victim of this. They've had, we've had people talk about how they've lost lifelong friends. During the last three years, because the left said, I can't deal with you. I can't deal with a friend who doesn't wear a mask and protect society. I can't deal with a friend who doesn't get the vaccine to protect his fellow man. You're killing. You're killing the elderly. You're killing grandma. They're nuts. They've gone incredibly nuts. That's what they are, though. You have to believe, you know, I I call them hypocrites, but they are, but they're very consistent with their hypocrisy. Their hypocrisy is incredibly consistent. Every issue, they're hypocrites on. Every single issue, they're hypocrites on. From A to Z. So they're very consistent with their hypocrisy. I have to give them that much. It seems as though every issue these days that comes up, I say, oh, the left is going to be hypocritical. The left is going to say something like, we need to be inclusive by excluding. They're, they're always going to say that. They're going to, they, I know they're going to say that, and that's what they say. This is what they believe. Okay, on a side note, I, I was going to say on a lighter note, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on today. I might never stop talking. If you want, if anyone else wants to call in, if you'd like to call in, everything's open here. The lines are open. You can call in, uh, talk about this or anything else you want. But have any, has anyone seen the photos of Ron Jeremy? Everyone knows who I'm talking about when I talk about Ron Jeremy, right? The porn star. What he looks like now. He's not even that old, is he? How old is Ron Jeremy? 69. Holy shit. He aged terribly. I figured he wasn't that old. He's not even 70 years old. He's only 69 years old. Yet supposedly he has really bad dementia. Um, evidently he raped tons of women. Do you understand that? Someone who's like a porn star and that's his job and you're having sex all the time. You remember Ron Jeremy, ugly, ugly guy, ugly fat guy. Um, Porn's changed these days. You can't really be that ugly and fat and be in porn anymore, even straight porn. But back then, you could be. I guess he had one thing going for him, right? Um, But uh, he would get all these hot women because he was in that business. I just think, my God, look at this guy. So many men were jealous of this guy because he was getting these women that, of course, in normal life, this guy would never have been able to get. So you're getting all these women. And I'm sure he was getting all these women on the side, some women on the side too, a lot of money, famous porn star. He could probably, you know, hire escorts, all he wanted. Yet this guy evidently raped tons of women. What the fuck is wrong with these people? So what happened is he's been charged with sexually assaulting 21 women. 21! Which, of course, means there's more out there. But he was found incompetent to stand trial. He wasn't present for the hearing. Judge Robert Harrison made his ruling after reviewing in July 2027 from a defense-hired psychologist and also a report hired from uh, Dr. Hyatt by uh, prosecutors. Mr. Hyatt, this is his real name, I guess, is not competent for trial. Both reports indicate Mr. Hyatt suffers from an incurable neurocognitive decline and most likely would not be restorable. So he has no idea what's going on. So he's going to go into the state-run hospital, which is, I'm sure, very pleasant. Deputy District Attorney Paul Thompson said a prior neurological assessment dating back to 2019 found that some of Jeremy's issues may be caused by hearing loss, he said prosecutors would push for ongoing treatment and attempt to improve his condition. The judge said a follow up hearing for next month, saying the next step is to get another assessment or could recommend a uh, general placement in a state hospital with possible treatment or some other setting. Um, a judge, a different judge, overseeing his felony rape case in a different courthouse, suspended the case last year after Jeremy appeared incoherent, unable to recognize his own lawyer. I was just up in a cell where he was being kept and I tried to get his attention unsuccessfully. He was unable to determine who I was and wouldn't accommodate both myself and the bailiff to fit into the wheelchair to come down here. I don't think he could be forced to come down here. Uh, Incoherence. Evidently he's now some might say he's acting, but once again, you had doctors for both the prosecution and the defense saying that he was out of it. He was gone. Um, Jeremy, whose legal name is Ronald Jeremy Hyatt, was initially charged in 2020 with raping four women. The case quickly exploded with additional allegations, and he was in, uh, indicted in August of 21 on 34 counts of sexual assault involving 21 victims, including minors. The charges dated back in 1996, that's like the height of when he was in the business, right, involved women and girls ranging in age from 51 down to 15, as well as a dozen counts of forcible assault plead pleaded not guilty. According to prosecutors, Jeremy used celebrity status to disarm vulnerable women and lure them into secluded spaces. Prosecutors said eight of his alleged assaults took place at the Rainbow Bar and Grill, a restaurant on the Sunset Strip in West Hollywood. Have I been there? I think I might have been. There. Where Jeremy enjoyed VIP access and behind the scenes employee areas. Shortly before the criminal case was suspended last March, a judge was due to hear arguments on Jeremy's request that it was a case broken up into 21 separate trials, allowing Mr. Hyatt's jury to hear about dozens of allegations of alleged misconduct who prevent his jurors from judging him fairly in each count, blah, 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 Prosecutors opposed the motion saying the charges offenses involve of the same class of crimes as connected by a common plan. Um, uh, that means they were cross-submissive. Well, yeah. well, evidently, uh, I, once again, I, I don't, it's, it's just incredible that this guy, in all 21 cases, the defendant preyed on victims that were vulnerable and unable, unable to fight back, whether that was by isolating the woman in a bathroom, in a bedroom, at his friend's house, in a parking lot, or by penetrating a surprise attack, a perpetrator, perpetrating a surprise attack upon them. The defendant never gave the woman an opportunity to fight back as he sexually assaulted them. The only way to prevent substantial waste of court time, juror time, victim witnesses to have a joint trial because there are so many women, 21 cases. Wow. So they say he probably has dementia, so he can't really stand trial. But this is just insanity. I mean, this is just insanity. It's, once again, you know what this is? Once again, I'm not a psychiatrist, but this is a guy who could not, obviously could not differentiate, differentiate between his his movie life, his porn movie life, and his real life, right? And in his porn movie life, he got all these hot women, right? In his porn life, his job, he got all these hot women. And I guess the movie life and his real life began to blur, is what it would seem to me. It began to blur. And if you think about it, the kinds of things he seemed to do to these women in real life are things that... Uh, what would you call them like movie scenes right porn scenes setup scenes in a porn movie you know and he seemed to not be able to make differentiate between the the, the two things and he probably got so full of himself being who he was that the line started to blur and this is what happened but it's 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 quite stunning it's quite stunning when you look at him now at only 69 what he looks like he looks easily in a day and age when most 69-year-olds look like they're 55 um, this guy looks like he's 85 so it's uh, it's it's quite shocking it's it's really it's really incredibly incredibly shocking and i just wasn't it wasn't long ago he was hawking like those extends things right he was hawking that stuff on on infomercials it seems like it was yesterday that he was doing those commercials um What did you say? Oh, uh, Bill, what's up? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. How's it going?
2: Good. Well, this is, um, as you know, I have, I I was abused as a kid Mm -hmm. uh, at home. And then much later at Fordham, I was sexually assaulted by a priest. So obviously this, uh, being a victim and a victim's advocate, this issue is important to me, especially. Uh, like most people, um, there is a culture. We, if we look at Bill Cosby, oh for yes, example,
0: I was going to say Cosby. Yeah, there's another example.
2: We so, look at the Catholic Church, for example. We look at the Mormon Church. Um, there's thirty. 30- <laughs> but
0: this guy had all the women he wanted. Bill, this guy had all the women he wanted for years. He made million. He made he was a millionaire. He made so much money. He made so much money as the guy that can get women. You know what I'm saying? As I said, a lot of men looked up to him because here's this fat, ugly guy who was getting all these hot women in porn, and that was like a fantasy for most men, which is why his videos sold so much, right? Because they could, they could put themselves in his position because he was a regular-looking guy. He wasn't like these models like you have in porn now. And he got all the women he wanted. What do you have to do this for?
2: Well, there's an old saying, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And most powerful men are not good men. That's Lord Baron Acton to Bishop Mandel Crichton, by the way, 1887, I think it was. Um, you know, it th- th- becomes, this isn't about sex. It's about power. It's about abuse of power. It's about a compulsion, um, to dominate. You know what I mean? Cause, uh, there's no the same thing you ask a guy like Bill Cosby why would he drug a woman you know and he joked about it remember those skits Spanish flea it, it was part of his skit it was, if you yeah, recall yeah
1: yeah
0: and you yeah, say Bill Cosby
2: I mean first of all he's all America Bill Cosby you know the dad and you know with Rashida what was her uh, name uh, right.
0: I was going to say Rashida Talib yeah yeah me too Rashad Rashad <laughs> Rouchette, Rouchette, yeah. Yeah. Rouchette. beautiful Rouchette, woman yeah.
2: but obviously he could have any woman he wanted to and he was married you know what i mean uh, his wife stayed with him through all this um
0: well you know cosby it, and and jeremy are like total opposites right you talk about like right. america's dad clean cut american mm-hmm. dad and this mm-hmm. guy you know but but you're right the 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 uniting element is the the between the two of them is the power dynamic right, right? having power over other people having power over the weaker people. You know, and like I said, most of the women he, cho- he chose were probably not women who were, you know, uh, built very small women who couldn't fight back or, you know, who felt because of who he is, they shouldn't and they can't.
2: Well, you know. that's why they always need a new victim, Mike.
0: Yes. Yeah. Right. So
2: this is it's a compulsion. Yes. It's a it's a sickness, obviously. And uh, some would say it's definitely a spiritual evil. You know, um, but whatever drives the compulsion. Uh, it's a lot of times, to be honest with you, from what I understand, a lot of times these are children that grew up victimized, and they're very ill. Do you find, they're not always. Don't get me wrong. Don't say, every. you know, I don't want to imply that. Because, look, I'm a survivor of that myself. But it does happen. The cycle does happen where people who get abused uh, rather than seek help and seek to work through it and make sure – they deal with their abuse. They transfer it. Do you follow me? And it goes on. You know, it's just it's, it's a terrible cycle that does happen. You know what I mean? And they, you know, uh, well,
0: well, I guess uh, something that is more comparable to Harvey Weinstein. I just said Harvey Weinstein. I meant yeah. I mean, Jeremy is Harvey Weinstein, right? Exactly. He's talking about a you know a not a good looking guy uh-huh. um, that probably the kind of guy who you know unless he's going to pay for it, probably wasn't going to get uh-huh. many women, and uh, and 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 the power dynamic, and of course he used that power dynamic to assault, sexually assault, sexually abuse um women. Most of them were people women who were trying to get into the business, right? Or who Mm -hmm. were in the business. And and they knew that he knew he was powerful enough to be able to get them somewhere if he chose to, right? He had the power to make or break their careers. And that was a a huge power dynamic. I mean, the Hobby Weinstein thing is ninety nine point nine percent power dynamic there. right? Right. He had power over these women. They felt like they had to do what he wanted, yeah, and also there's that, there's that feeling of, you know, it's almost like um, I think they just mentioned in the article with hobby with uh with uh with uh, John Jeremy. These are almost like surprise attacks, like assaults, right? People wouldn't, people didn't expect this. The women didn't expect this to happen. They well, you have two this. components.
2: I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off.
0: No, so go ahead. So there's the element of surprise psychologically, being surprised. By something like this, it's like, is this really the idea of is this really happening, you know, is this is this really happening? What do I do? How do I get out of this? You know, uh, it's it, it's 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 extreme, extreme power involved here. Extreme. Yeah,
2: power. There's not only uh, the, you know, there's a freeze component of oh, yes, right. Yeah. Freeze.
0: Yes, freeze. Exactly. It's not yeah. like he says, I'm going to assault you in three hours. Right. <laughs> you know? it's, it's like, get ready. Next time, when, I, when you meet me, there's it's, it's going to be an assault going on. You know, it's like it's, it's, that, it's that surprise <laughs> dynamic, that freeze dynamic. And people always say, people who aren't in that position always say, Oh, why did they just leave? Why did they kick me the balls and leave? Like, mm. it's that easy. But when, you, when you're in that situation… With a very powerful person, and this happens unexpectedly very quickly, and they're on top of you they're on you mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. that it's not that you can't you can't put yourself in that situation and say, "Oh, yeah, just walk out the door
2: you know? well, it's also we're in, how would I put it as men, you know we're naturally larger you know than most most women. do you follow me yeah and and he so, a,
0: yeah he was and he was a pretty big hulking guy Harvey Weinstein. he wasn't a, he wasn't Woody Allen, you know what I'm saying
2: right. <laughs> right and i can only imagine not being a woman i walk around this world i've always been big you know what i mean and right. and so i don't even have a concept of what it's like to walk around one-third my size you know what i mean who how could i even imagine or one half my size i can't you know what i mean up against people who are twice my size i have no idea what that's like you know what i mean and so um i think it's. some you know important for men to consider that also you know uh, and again there, there's so many layers to this and so many different dynamics that go on I mean and this is where it gets so blurry and and this and being a victim I hope you can hear this objectively there is and has been a culture of the casting couch let's be honest do you oh, follow sure.
0: me oh absolutely know that about it I don't know about it, yeah Mer-
2: like yeah. Marilyn Monroe said, you know Hollywood's a giant orgy, in other words, there is a, a yeah. culture in Hollywood of that right. also yeah. happening, and so the um, it's just but, acknowledging they both exist. Do you follow me
0: yeah. right, but if you're there's but and one thing again being able to separate the two things, if you're a very shrewd person, woman or male mm. man, and you're willing right, you're willing mm-hmm. to do that to get through. Right, if you're willing to use a desperate man or woman to get somewhere, that's your choice.
2: Right, exactly. That's your,
0: that's your choice. You you can do that, and I'm sure that's been done many times. Of course, many times. But there's a difference between that and being forced into it.
2: Absolutely, obviously. absolutely, absolutely. You know, here's the problem, though. Yeah. When when you get a bunch of people together, like even in a jury setting, then it becomes he said, she said. Well, which one is it? I'm not saying it makes it difficult. Let's put it this way. All you have to do is look at the Kavanaugh hearings or, you know, any situation when a victim comes forward. This is why sexual assault is one of the least reported crimes, Mm -hmm. because when the victim comes forward, then it's always, well, which side of the line are you on that? Do you follow me? uh, And
0: I think a big part of it nowadays is the numbers of people. I think that's the whole thing right? Mm. It's the numbers of people coming forward. It's not just one or two. It's 20, 30, mm. 50. 100. I think well, what i see was almost 100 women. You know, yeah, so I, it's that. When it when it gets to that point, you're like, okay, now we're seeing what you call a pattern, right? So, it, and, and most people, if they do it voluntarily, are not going to report it. They're not, they're not going to come out and say anything. They did it. Voluntarily. I, I, I,
2: I agree. I, I, yes, and it's a difficult subject to talk about, especially being a victim, but I have to be objective. It's like when I go into court, you know what I mean? I have to get the motion out of it you follow me right. because you it, it you have to come down to the yes that's the differentiation that that when you have the preponderance
0: an well, yeah and people say you know a lot of, a lot of people say well yeah but these women are just once one woman does it they're all going to come out and you know glom on to it but that's not first of all it, it it's it's life altering it actually ruins women's mm-hmm. lives to come yes out. it does so, oh you're the woman who's sold by hobby weinstein who wants that in their life you know, who wants that in their life? So that's the thing. And with something like a court case, you gotta come out publicly. You gotta go on trial. People know who you are, they know your name, they know where you live. No mm. woman's gonna voluntarily do that because they don't like Harvey Weinstein personally and they just wanna get back at him because he didn't give him a job. That's the you, you that's life altering. You become one of the people who was assaulted by Harvey Weinstein. That's what people see you as. No woman's gonna just do that just to do something on spite. It's idiotic. Right.
2: <laughs> right. And that's why Another layer of that is why a lot of these things get settled with a gag order. Because, in other words, you'll hear it say charges brought against somebody, and then they go away civilly. And you're like, oh, it was unsubstantiated. No, a lot of times it was agreement that the person would take the, the money with a gag order. Do you follow me? Because it, not to get into that ugly setting like you're saying, uh, where their name is in the press and they're fighting a court battle. And then, of course, this always happens. It happened to me. Eventually, it took several years from my original reports where Letitia James got corroborating evidence on a lot of priests at Fordham, including the Monsignor Tappy who sexually assaulted me. And then I was sent a letter two and a half years after my original complaint. Two and a half years, Mike, okay, that to talk a thank you letter, and then an email to talk to Detroit Law about settlement. Now, sure. in the meantime, here in Connecticut, when I was reporting it, I started reporting the, the crimes of the church in a church counseling group setting, and then it went to victims advocacy group. But the the culture here is so strong to protect the church, right, that I was charged with harassment three times.
0: Oh sure, no, no. A lot. Of, look, I saw that movie. She said, which is about the. That's one. right. And not just that. There was also the. What was the other one? What was it called?
2: the movie, Spotlight. That was. Um, Spotlight. Was that, one. One. that was the
0: church, but the one about the one about Fox News, the one about Roger Ailes.
2: Oh, I didn't see that movie. Yeah, Go ahead, Tom. That, um, that
0: was another one that was very good. That was yeah. you know about that where you know you're you're in a situation where you're fighting very powerful people and mm-hmm. they try to take you down. You know. They That's know, they right. Take you down. And they're right. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so it takes in those cases, it takes it takes a real groundswell. Right. We saw that whether it was Roger Ailes or with, you know, with Harvey Weinstein or with the mm-hmm. Catholic church, it takes a real groundswell effort to take these people down.
2: And I'll say something else. Every cop I talked to was like, no, you're not doing anything illegal, Mr. Bonatelli. We see your emails. We know you have client rights. Of course, I do. If I'm in a client therapy setting, I've been in counseling since my 20s, secular counselors. I don't get arrested for talking about this stuff before or since. Do you follow me? Yeah, but- When when it had to do with the crimes of the church at large, which I was discussing, in a church council group which was DPH licensed, the church started in 1750, old New England, you know, the council group and existed 30 plus years. They've been protecting the church the whole careers. Do you follow me? And the problem is the cops have been on board. All you got to do is watch the movie Spotlight and, and DAs. Everybody's been on board. Otherwise, we would have had a whole lot of priests and bishops and cardinals in prison, and Uh, not Catholic, but Mormon also. You know what I mean? I don't mean to isolate the Catholics, because I grew up Daniel
0: wrote, thanks for your courage, Bill. You see that down there? Thank you. By the way, Bill, how how did you get the courage to do this?
2: Well, I think, see, I grew up, they used to make fun of me in school, called me bones. I was so skinny, I had a big nose, big ears, and uh, the girls even made fun of me, right? Literally, I was called bones. I was so skinny, and I had been abused at home you know, sexually. And so I was shy and introverted. and But then I started working out and grew into my next thing. Over time in high school, I became all-city and football, all-state. I a bunch of all-American, all both in football and track. And I, and I grew into myself. And because I'd been picked on as a kid, I always stood up for the kids who were being picked on. Do you follow me? Yes. In sure. school, because you know, especially in Bridgeport, you had the clutch heads. You know, there were punks, but they would bully the kids in bakery shop, or you know what I mean, who were or the kids who were taking sure. home ash. Sure. Do You right. follow me? Yes. You know, and I'd be always like, "Hey, dude, this guy's my friend." You know, that's all. All I had to say was, "This guy's my friend." That's it. I never had to lift a finger because you know yes. what I mean. And so. So my brother was skinny too. My brother, never, my mother used to joke she had four kids. She says, By the time I had Ricky, I was almost it almost killed me. <laughs> so Ricky was never weighed more than one hundred fifty five, sixty five pounds. Meanwhile, I got up to two fifty in high school. So, so, so. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, so then I when when you're beaten, I was literally beaten down too as a kid when I talked. Do you follow me? Like yes. to the ground. And so I I. I just always had that in me where I was going to stand up for anyone being harmed. Do you follow me? Yeah. And so then when the church issue came up, to be honest, when I was up to Fordham in Monsignor Tapia's office, I was a student. He was my theology teacher. We were told as ball players to take certain classes. That you find that when you go into school. You know what I mean? Certain, because you know, there's certain gimme classes. In other words, you're going to get a good grade. You don't yeah, even really they, have to show
0: that's up. A, that's a, that's a whole other issue, right? They work it out so the college athletes, the big time, yeah, perfect athletes get an easy pass, right? Yeah. In certain
2: places, certain schools. Yeah. And so we had a new athletic director. We were supposed to play Army by my senior year in the Meadowlands. The whole idea was to build Fordham back up to the old days of the Four Horsemen. You know, Vince Lombardi and the Polo Grounds. Do you follow me? Against Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. The new polo grounds being the Meadowlands. So we actually played one game at the Meadowlands versus Wagner my freshman year. But by my senior year, all the alumni were on board. Kicked, Fordham's got huge money behind him. And the Wellington Mara and the Giants, behind Fordham. Do you follow me? Right. And so we were supposed to play Army. But what was happening was, straight up, our athletic director... Uh, was bringing in some ringers, some guys from ex-military who were older, but in, and yet they still had eligibility. Do you follow me? Yeah. And he came from this fellow uh, Dave, uh, what the hell? It's the truth. It's what it is. He left there eventually. Dave Rice came from a big school. And okay. so he's used to that culture. So what happened was he was, we got told by the captains to take certain classes. Do you follow me? Mm-hmm. Especially the guys on full scholarship. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this was Monsignor Tapias class. And so, I really always, I even bought the Gita when I was 12. I, I've been studying the Bible and the Gita since I was a kid. I just had an interest in it. So I was like, cool. And so then we were told real quick um, to take the class, and I did. And to be honest with you, straight up, this man would come into class often smelling a booze and kind of incoherent even, and the little man with glasses and uh, uh he, he actually died in 89 uh, this incident happened in 78 and don't let's not forget Cardinal McCarrick the first Cardinal of in 500 years is a Fordham alumni oh is that right yes oh, if yeah, you look
0: up there. yeah
2: you look up Fordham University pre-sex abuse there's a whole they have this this whole panel and this uh advocacy yeah. for the it was a big problem at Fordham you see what I mean it was a culture you know and that's one of the things that happens you get these nests of cultures that's what the movie spotlight's about or the how, movie how down. far
0: back how far back in forth are we going
2: i was there in 78.
0: did the culture change later as far as you know
2: i well right now uh here's the problem with the church let's talk a little deeper the the, the canon laws started the vatican They don't start at New York or Fordham or Fresno where Tappi was ordained or Bridgeport where I live. They started the Vatican and they have certain canon laws of secrecy, pontifical secrets, and the deeper one called Crimean solicitations. Let's say you and I are monks, Mike, or Mm -hmm. priests, right? We, We say, we know some other priests who are doing this. Okay. We can report to our Bishop, but if we go to the cops, under the Crimean solicitation, the canon law of secrecy, the the claim is, in the church canon law, is that you and I would be bringing scandal upon the Holy Mother by going public.
0: Yeah, of course. Literally. It's scandal.
2: Right? Yeah. Which is a sickness, because if any organization... What
0: does the any Holy Mother have to do with it? What the Holy Mother have to do with these... In
2: fact, the Holy Mother would want us to come forward. Of course. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Because, right, we, exactly. But, and even if you go to federal... Law uh, Section 18 U.S. 792: Harboring a felon is a felony. Now, if you have an organization that harbors felons, that's a criminal racketeering, uh, criminal um, uh, conspiracy to yeah. protect right. the the abusers, and that becomes a problem with the whole organization. It's a, a criminal syndicate. Under, under the law, under the law. Okay. If you break down the law and the Catholic or Mormon church or any evangelist church that's doing this and you study their internal canon laws or workings, you will find conspiring criminality which would impeach them as a criminal syndicate. No question about it. Everybody in the system knows it. That's the language I use. Do you follow me? Yes, yeah. However, there's if you ask yourself, that being the case then, when the, it's coming from the Vatican... Then the U.N. report in the Vatican in 2014, the Catholic Church was non-complicit. They wouldn't comply with any documents. They wouldn't cooperate whatsoever. This is a, a U.N. investigation, right? right? Well, if you know anything about civil proceedings, that's called um, adverse inference or tacit evidence of guilt. In other yeah. words, you're not complying. What are you hiding? We're just asking you to come forward with documents. Do you follow me? Right, no. Now, when you have it being investigated by the UN, they don't have subpoena power. Okay. You follow me? Yeah, yeah. So that would have to go to a civil setting, right? Yeah. So this word, Letitia James sued the Catholic Church for failure to protect children, and she filed her lawsuit in November of 2020. Okay, and what happened was, but roughly two years before this when she opened her investigation what drove her opening the investigation was this there was a 60-minute piece on the um bishop malone in the buffalo diocese okay? okay and it went public where the secretary found two boxes of files where they had secret files on kids that had been abused and so she made copies secretly, and she went to 60 Minutes with them. And so you could probably still find the 60-minute piece on the Buffalo Diocese. Okay. So that now it's on 60 Minutes. Okay. So this has been going on in the – cat. let me say, there's a book written by three former priests. It's called Sex, Priests, and Secret Codes, a 2,000-Year Paper Trail, written by Richard Sype. Patrick Wall and the other fellow is a Doyle, but I forget his last name. They're all former priests. Richard Sype is the man depicted in the movie Spotlight on the Boston Diocese. Ah, okay. okay, okay. All right,
0: you you're
2: yeah. following the dots yeah. now here? Wasn't so, there
0: also a Barry Levinson film?
2: I'm sorry? What was wasn't that? there
0: also a Barry Levinson film uh, um, in the nineties that was about uh the kids who were who were molested when they were priests and it shows them later as they're grown ups? What the hell? You no, know, I I'll look for that. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, it's a Barry Levinson film, and as as we're talking, I'll I'll find it. Yeah. A bit yeah of, sure. But, but I think the point is that there have been several films, yes. high profile films that have been made about this now, right? I mean this well, is out the, there. You've got
2: know. two two layers here. So you've got to keep in mind, Mike, thanks for saying that, the seminarians. Because the the, the the it's the Catholic boys that get molested by Catholic priests. It's not the Buddhist boys or the Jewish boys because they're not in arm's reach. It's the Catholic boys who are trying to become altar boys or who go to Catholic school. Do you right. follow me? Right. And right. the John Jay College of Criminal Justice report in 2011 said 80% of the abuse happens between uh, priests and boys 12 to 18. You right. see, because that's the age you're trying to be altar boys and they're going to Catholic pre-school, you know, like prep school and then Catholic college originally. You see how it happens? Right. So – um now when when a priest even now here's the thing, it's, in the grooming process, what is grooming? The priest knows what he's up to. Like if you look at the Pennsylvania grand jury investigation in two thousand eighteen seventeen, eighteen that spawned the uh DOJ investigating the Catholic Church at large, um that was attorney Shapiro in Pennsylvania. Do you remember that big scandal that in Pennsylvania? You may or may not remember. Yeah. And, uh, uh attorney Shapiro, there was a grand jury investigation to the Catholic Church in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has had three grand jury investigations. 2005, 2011, 2018. Two, two, uh, yep. And of course they had the same findings because the canon laws, again, and the practice of harming these people starts at the Vatican. Not at Pennsylvania, not at New York, not in Brooklyn Dies. It starts at Yes, that. yeah, yeah. You okay. know, the,
0: I'm sorry. The one I was thinking of was not about – it was called Sleepers. And it's not okay. about the Catholic Church. It's about kids who were um, sexually molested in a juvenile detention uh, center.
2: That's right. another huge – There's a, that's a huge problem, and also – for the teens who are sent away, you know how some parents send their kids away to, like, they have, the parents have money and they send their kids away to these teen academies and stuff? Yes. Yeah. It's another,
0: yeah, 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 Well, I guess any, any, any place where there are young males, right? Available? Well, it's
2: all, and it happens to women, too. Obviously, um, it's not just because women, they, there's, um, in fact, in Rhode Island, there was a big scandal. I'm trying to remember the name of the school where it was a girl's school for the rich, rich women. You know, the parents would send their kids away to these academies, um, special, you know, teaching and everything. But that's anytime that you get that kind of closed setting, things can happen. Yes, Just yes, like yes. with um, Nasser, the uh, Olympic doctor, remember him and the Olympic girls. Um, uh, his the fellow's name is Nasser, He got 175 years for. Yep, 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 right?
0: yep, 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 yep.
2: Well, yep. the FBI protected the six girls came forward originally, and then the fbi keep in mind mike and i've been to the fbi office 1000 lafayette boulevard They wouldn't open the door for me i've been to the doj 157 Church street in the haven they didn't want to talk to me they know this has been happening they're not ignorant because just like me and just like you if you're like me you're going to step assert till you get some answers you follow me? Sure. When it's covered up locally, then you're going to go to the state level like me. If that doesn't work, then you're going to – I'm not – nothing's stopping me. And I didn't take the money. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to talk to you today.
0: Right. You follow exactly. me? The, they, the gag rules, right? The gag rules. But
2: – This they, is – I'm that, sorry. That's,
0: that's what uh, Jennifer Say. When I went to see these Jennifer Say speak a couple of weeks ago um, when she was talking about how she was a gymnast and she had seen mm-hmm. a lot of this culture. You know, mm-hmm. she said she was a gymnast. And they would actually say on the loudspeaker, you know, so they'd say just say Jennifer, they, on the loudspeaker, the coach would say Jennifer gained a half pound today, and they, they would shame her. They would yes. shame these girls into gaining like a half pound and say they're not gonna, they're not coachable at <laughs> 99 pounds. They got to be 98 pounds, you know. So they they fat shame these girls, and a lot of these, you know, this is how a lot of these uh, like diseases like anorexia come up, right? Yes. Because of the oh, shaming in sports but she would also say that this larry nasser thing exploded yes. after and that uh, as you were as you were saying the fact that it took it took so much to bring this guy down right yes it did yeah it took so much to bring this guy down
2: and the, and the, this is a shame of it there were senate testimony another estimated another 70 girls got abused maybe 100 before he was finally taken down girls as young as 10 and some committed suicide now, this is a tragedy which Tulsi Gabbard talked about. That so when now by that time NASA was in prison when this came forward. There were Senate hearings where it was divulged. Certain FBI agents took the girls' reports and altered them, yeah. and and this also happened with Epstein. If you go back to Epstein in Florida when um, Costa was the prosecutor, remember he became Trump's labor secretary. What happened there was. Those girls kept coming forward, but be due to the uh, – gosh, this it gets more twisted. Whitney Webb did a, two books on this. The, the Epstein case is goes back decades. Epstein was just a middle manager. He wasn't – this is a systemic problem, you know what I mean, in intelligence, and it's actually used in this blackmail setting. It's covert. There's this bizarre thing happening there, which would take a long time for us to discuss and maybe for another – night because i know you're at the end of your show etc sure, sure, sure. but yeah, yeah. but um but if you go to uh whitney webb uh unlimited hangout she wrote uh, almost a thousand pages of worth of work there's two volumes the first one's on everything that was long before trump uh gates uh because they're all named uh wesley uh, leslie wexner uh roy cohen um there's a culture right and uh, a lot of money involved and a this uh, boy, I'll tell you what, Mike. It's, uh, it, is,
0: <laughs> it goes even, very deep. It goes very deep, and 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 oh, wide. You, and, you, know, you it's ever
2: deep. hear operation like Mockingbird or MK Ultra things of those? You know, covert operations our government had of oh, all yeah. forms. Operation yeah, yeah. Gladio. Yeah. Uh, check out Operation Underworld. It really existed in the National Crime Syndicate. This is Operation Underworld is a covert operation between intelligence agencies around the world including the cia the Mossad, uh mi6 sis and the mafias italian mafia jewish mafias it was an actual collaboration operation underworld and it's it, it's a real thing you could search for it right now you'll find you'd be like oh my god right so this the the catholic church the mormon i don't know For those who are Catholic, I grew up Catholic. And I am as objective as I could be. I thank you, Dan. I see you wrote you had an issue with a priest that was an abuser in the 80s. <clears throat> he wrote that in the live chat. But it's not isolated to the Catholic Church. The Mormon Church, um, the the evangelists, this happens. I, so I, I try and be balanced. Do you follow me? The, the the thing is the Catholic Church is the largest organization with the most money and the most power. That's why we have a problem where none of this you – we know where this should be dealt with, Mike at the international uh, criminal courts, like the Nuremberg trials. That's where it should end up.
0: Yeah, yeah. In because... fact, tomorrow I'm going to talk more about the Nuremberg trials because actually tomorrow I didn't get to it today because there's so many things going on. But tomorrow I'll talk more about Ron DeSantis, who did more great stuff today regarding COVID. Uh, oh, very Nuremberg good. Trials. Oh, plus, I, I, plus Ron Johnson. You know Ron? Johnson, yeah, love yeah. Ron, Ron Johnson. Johnson is it's like the Johnson. only real. other than maybe a little bit of Rand Paul, but Ron Johnson's mm-hmm. really out there now talking about the COVIDian. Uh, injustices that were done over three years and 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 he talked about how the nuremberg as you're talking about the nuremberg trials happened because simply because everything was illuminated we found all these files we found all these uh-huh. documents they were the public began to understand what was happening you know people think now they look at the holocaust they go oh they think people like in the 40s knew exactly what was going on there in germany they didn't it was a different time back then. We didn't have social media, the what we have now. We didn't have cameras all over the place, the way we do now. We didn't. We didn't have reporters all over the place. We couldn't get the word. We couldn't spread the word the way we can now of atrocities like that. But what happened was that once a light was shined on those things and people realized it was happening, that then allowed these trials to happen. And he was talking about. I, I might even play the clip. He was on some other podcast, uh, some some uh, podcast somewhere talking about how the Nuremberg trials came about. And how we can relate that to what's happened over the last three years, that a lot of the public is in the dark. And like you're talking about now with this stuff, the public's in, a lot, in the dark with a lot of these things. And it needs to be illuminated and brought out into the public conscience. And then you'll get, hopefully, Nuremberg-like trials for people like you-know-who, Fauci and company. Well, okay.
2: here's the, let's, can I touch on that a little bit? You tell me when you got to go. Cause, no, go uh, ahead. We go talk ahead about can it finish up. it up. You get the last word okay. here. Here's the problem. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. We have established uh, institutions, just like I mentioned, the FBI, the, the DOJ, state municipal police, uh, town police. They have been made aware for decades. Do you follow me? They're not, if your boy or daughter were abused, as soon as you found out, you would go to authorities. This happens. They know. Quickly, Investigator Doyle for Letitia James' office. Now, when I made my first report, finally, when they opened her investigation, I had already made my reports earlier to, um, to. Uh, let's see, there was Bill McSurley at Fordham and Jim Hanley, two great guys, Chief Security at Fordham and Lincoln Center Campus. And uh, the DA uh, Johanna Hernandez in the Bronx, another nice lady. And I was referred, by the way, to Sister Elaine Clifford for Cardinal Dolan. She was terrific. You know, I got thank, I kudos from everybody in New York. They, they were like, they just appreciate I come forward. You follow me? Of course, and am sure
0: they do. I'm sure they do.
2: Funny quick story. I'm talking to both the guys from Fordham, Jim Hanley and Bill McSurley, and they're asking me questions, and I have a good recall. Don't ask me why. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you about this at Fordham and this about that, 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 that. And, you know, I'm talking to them about the campus, and, and, and Jim Hanley says to me, Jesus, Billy, this is almost like forty years ago. He says, "How the hell you remember all that?" I have trouble remembering what I ate for dinner two nights right. ago. You <laughs> know, I,
0: I, <laughs> I, I mentioned I mentioned about Fordham now, or or, or more recently, because I, this doesn't. Um, I think Michael Kay, the Yankee broadcaster, he he graduated from Fordham, didn't he?
2: It could be. I did. Yeah, well, Trump so. went to Fordham originally. I, yeah. I hear a lot too of different...
0: people. Fordham's a big school. A lot yeah. of yeah. A lot of quote unquote famous people graduated from Fordham. No oh yeah! Around.
2: Oh yeah! Yeah, okay. Fordham is a big Jesuit, a big it's a Jesuit college right there in New York. Like I said, at one point you had that they were playing Notre Dame in the polo grounds, and they were big. They were big, you know, a big time football, basketball, um, you know. Uh, so uh, the, the you know uh, they. The problem is these institutions, uh, um, they protect one another. Yeah, in fact, I
0: I just looked up, as I'm talking to you, Michael K. Ford, how Fordham, this is an article from 2020, how Fordham has produced a generation of sports media stars. Yes. Yeah, look at this. Mike Breen was, a lot of them, Mike Breen was an intimidated 18-year-old freshman attending a workshop at Fordham's renowned college radio station in the fall Mm -hmm. of 79. There you go. He that. was
2: must the If I I, I left there, uh, I went there one year at Ford. I transferred to URI, uh, and that's an interesting story based on the football program. But um, yeah, so uh, seventy nine. So let me see. I was there seventy eight uh, into seventy nine. Obviously, the spring of seventy nine. So I'm you know maybe been on campus with a guy for WFUV, all I know.
0: Wfuv the Fordham radio station. It's a big. It's a big radio station actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah,
2: you know, yeah, and so. Beautiful campus. Rose of campus. Beautiful campus. Wow. I tell you what, um, they do a nice yeah, job. Yeah, Fordham the is the alma
0: mater. Listen to this. For the voice of the NBA Finals, Breen. The Yankees lead, Michael Kay. The Giants, Bob Papa. Oh, Bob Papa here in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The radio voice of the Nets, Chris Serino. MSG's John Giannone. Yes, is Jack Curry. The FAN's so very, very big as far as the sports media goes. Very, very big.
2: Oh, yeah. Of, the, a lot of
0: graduates. A lot of graduates.
2: Uh, if you check out Wellington Mara, I believe if I'm not, I know he supports Fordham. He he may be a Fordham, I think he's a Fordham alumni, but don't quote me on that. Wellington Mara and the Giants. I, I know he's involved on some level. When I first went to Fordham, um, you know we had a game against uh, Dayton, I think it was, which was a Division One school dropping down. See, when I went to Fordham, we were Division Three originally, but the the schedule was built up by the time I was a sophomore, we'd be one double and there were a bunch of money, the alumni, when I, 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 I after the first game, hey, Bill, you got to go to the gymnasium. I'm like, why do I got to go to the gymnasium? Oh, there's a bunch of alumni there. They want to meet you. And I'm like, okay, fine. I go into the, the place is packed with people. The whole gymnasium was packed with people. I'm walking around meeting all these alumni. I don't know who these people are, but my father told me, you go to Fordham, you're going to end up with a good job somewhere there's you know go to fordham bill i'm like okay dad you know i got a scholarship so i I went to fordham you know what i mean um but uh uh, so there was a lot of uh, money behind it and they really wanted to build the program up to where they were like i said if we even played wagner in the meadowlands my first year the problem that happened there real quick i think was well i can tell you the jesuits decided after that first year they were not going to go forward and put the money into the football program. They're going to yeah, let it stay right. Division Three. And once that year eclipsed it from right. Div- Division Three, we are able to give out scholarships. So going to seventy nine, no more scholarships to Division Three unless you're grandfathered in. So then it was going to drop down to Hastra local school play. Do you follow me? Right, and right. so which which we were doing, but we also had some. Uh, you know, the schedule was set up where we'd be playing Santa Clara and an army, you know, and be on TV and actually build up a, 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 a you know, a, a good football team in New York. Do you follow me? College team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which, uh, so... But what happened here was, I think, what the Jesuits decided not to do it at one point, and I think it may have to do what, what what the compromises that the culture they would have to make. Because if you look, like say, you look at the Ivy Leagues, like Princeton and Yale, Harvard, they have a good football program, but it's more like one double A. They they don't have Division One programs.
0: No, no, not at all. Not at all. Right, they don't have Division One. The Division One and, programs are, you know, a lot of them are in what central to southern states right middle america i mean all, well all
2: penn, penn state was division yeah. one of course there are some division one teams the, the thing is this um division ones when i was in school anyway was was 90 odd scholarships the difference being division one double a was 60 odd scholarships so there's a big money difference one third more and of course a lot more money for the facilities and whatnot it costs a lot of money but then you get you know the, the alumni building up and get tv contracts so you know can be a, a profitable model the the issue is the the players it's not like the guys aren't intelligent to play ball let me tell you something you got a lot to remember and a lot to do in moments in certain positions it takes a lot of skill and a lot of, of course cognitive yeah, yeah. The, these guys aren't stupid you know what i mean that's a myth you know like muhammad ali how intelligent the super intelligent fellow you know uh, but th- it's a myth to think that um I'm not saying all guys have the highest intelligence who are playing ball, but it's a lot of politicians barely don't, don't have the highest intelligence either well, in levels
0: just, of just, integrity. Just, 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 a, I do have to wind the show down here, Bill, but I do want to mention since we're on sports, I also did want to mention that Clay Travis uh, did something today also about how a lot of these, and I, I had mentioned this in the past, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these sports teams are still doing the damn COVID testing. That's crazy. Not only doing the COVID testing, they're still doing it where if you test positive, you can't play. You can't be around anybody. That's unbelievable. It's absolutely insane. It's like we have gone nowhere. Once again, what have all these things, all these COVID measurements and and mandates, what have they done to change the trajectory? We're still doing the same thing we did three years ago. We're still doing the same crap we did three years ago. At some point, you just got to say, stop. An athlete is not going to get sick from COVID. Never has one athlete, even in the middle of COVID, ended up in a hospital for covid yeah. it's not going to affect them it's a cold stop this shit cut this shit out and sports you talk about high IQs, sports has been the worst offender since day one with this covid crap they're the ones who locked down first you remember
2: you know what Florida. else is the worst than this is the, is the, uh, the the colleges
0: oh terrible Terrible. They're
2: they're requiring these kids get kids and they go, they want to go, they want to play sports, they want to get involved. And of course then we see the the injuries to the young athletes. I wanted to add I'm glad you segued to that. And I know w we'll button it up because I know you want to go, but but Daniel, I wanted to say thank you for your input yesterday. However, the article I was citing on Zinc and Zinc Aonophores, I put a link, is a PubMed article. Okay. In- now the zinc ionophores are simple things you can, which people use in their culture all, all the time: turmeric, black seed, green tea. You follow me? Yeah. So just from diet, you, you can buy turmeric and sprinkle it. But it's
0: not, it it's not, it's not going to hurt you. But you know, the, the 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 argument is: how much is it going to help? How much well,
2: the, this is a PubMed article from 2010, yeah. Yeah. and it's, it's 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 proven to be effective. versus because don't forget we had sars cov one 2005. Well, so in two, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. But uh, okay, hey, Bill, I'm going to let you go because I do want to. Okay, write. brother. But thanks, Zoe. So, I really appreciate everything. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate your input. But also, this whole idea of these colleges, these colleges, these sports teams—they're worried about COVID testing. They should be more worried about their athletes dropping dead. They should be worried about more the, the, the effect of the vaccine, the negative effect. And we'll talk about this more tomorrow, where there's more and more mounting evidence now that young people, young athletes are dropping dead in record numbers, right? They're getting heart issues in record numbers. So instead of being worried about what the vaccine has done to these athletes, these forced vaccines have done, they're still doing this ridiculous COVID testing. This, it, it, It's it's I've said it before. It's like me, medieval. It's like Neanderthal thinking. And they're still doing it. Incredible. All right, a good show. Much longer than I thought it was going to go. I never thought we'd get onto Fordham and the Catholic Church, but we did. We started with the Constitution, and we ended with that stuff. That's fine. Hey, you never know where it's going to go on this show, which airs Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Some of you are never on time. I think some of you... Would we'll go to your classes 15 minutes late, 20 minutes late, hour late. Nah. Nowadays, I guess everything's online. You can do that, right? But anyway, it begins, if you want to be here on time and prompt, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, Monday night through Friday night, and let's be heard.